Are we totally tapped in right now? We are officially a goat. So we have to clap, right? We have to clap? Yeah, the clap is in. Okay, that means we're in now. We're in like Flynn. We're in like Flynn, big boy. All right. Good day, mate. Good day. Here we are with Ducklin and Andrew from the Jack Wallet Podcast. How y'all doing? Welcome to the Outback, mate. How y'all doing? Oh, doing great. Down under, mate. You weren't invited to this party, Ducklin. Am, am I not our? Am it's I not a couple Aussie? Australians, couple two Australians, and one regular, just a regular guy. So I gotta play that role. That's your role. That's your role. That's your role. All right, boy, crikey, the Bobby, down at the Bobby. How keen are you? <laughs> Let's go fight some stingrays. Was the kangaroos? Are we the Wallaby Jackrabbit podcast? We're the Jack Wallet podcast. Jack Wallet, love it. That's lit, boy. Yo, it's a nice gold watch, bro. Where'd you get that shit? From one of my sponsors. Damn. Yeah, when you make it, you get things like this and this. Yo, you got some other bling, too, and I... That's so nuts. You hear that? You hear that? That's the rattle. That's the sound of, I fucking made it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Didn't leave a... (laughs) Dent. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that floral chair, by the way? Should we set the scene a little bit, or do you set the scene like outside there of There are podcast? so many grandma farts in this chair. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so many. This, this couch, has hol- this, it holsters them all. So many dusty farts in this chair right here. I think there's more grandma farts in these floral chairs than there are in that antique Yo, section. I didn't realize how much this sags over here. Like, our guests must be so uncomfortable. There's so much denture drool in this chair right here. It's not even funny. Just leftover floss. <laughs> so much antique sweat in this chair right here. Yeah, but that's good, though. Maybe some ashes. Yeah. He's <laughs> up, dude. He's up. Yo. What year do you think this chair was made in? I'd have to go if it wasn't the 1950s, 1930s. Okay. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I think this chair was pretty with, sturdy, with a person in it, and they were listening to um, someone definitely announced that World War II was underway. It was yeah. kind of like it was kind of like Jim Nance, you know, kind of announces, you know, any sort of intro to a basketball game. They're like, all right, and we are now live. It's World War II. And, like, that's what this – that chair was right next to it. And then you're <laughs> – <laughs> The ghosts of World War II. And there it is, folks. Pearl Harbor. The World War II has started. And it was only radio, no television. Yeah. No TV. Yeah, they had the sound effects guy in the back that was just playing World War II. (laughs) This is when uh, there was no Saving Private Ryan. It was just Ryan. It, yeah. He just existed. It was just Ryan. <laughs> it was just Ryan. <laughs> and there were a bunch of Ryans. And they owned, like, for the longest time after World War One. they're like, all right, we're never doing this again. Nope. And we're only going to recruit Ryans now. Who the who named their kid Ryan back then? It was like Joe, William, Bill, John, Bart. Fred, Bart, Bart is my favorite <laughs> fucking World War One name. Ron. And it's not even close. How to about it. you, Andrew? You got Ron. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Bart though, Bart dude. No one's calling no one's naming their kid Bart now. That sucks. <laughs> we gotta bring Bart back. So back. Does Bert stand a chance out there? Bert Wellington here to take wars again. <laughs> to start wars again. <laughs> Damn. Okay, so if Bart was the dude who was on the front line, who was the commander calling the shots? Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, yep. yeah. Or uh Tom. 
Major Tom. Yep. And Bowie knew that. David Bowie for sure knew that. Mm. Right? That's that's the reference. Uh, I believe ground so. control I the major. You're on to ground something over there. Ground, ground control the major town. Yeah, who, something like that. Mm-hmm. Who is search, suturing like a Betty? Betty, mm, Betty. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, Millicent. I'm not. None of people know about that name. Millicent. Yeah, Millicent's an old school name. Everyone called her Millie. Millie. Yeah. Yeah. I know one Bart. Actually, old dude. No, he's our age. He probably listens to this podcast. I'd have to meet his parents to feel it all out. Mm-hmm. Mm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, it's it's a w- real weird trail. Because right? his parents go one of two ways. Super cool, super weird, not a lot of in-between happening there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you, you can't. I mean, I, I got to know their life story. Mm-hmm. I got to know what vacations they went on mm-hmm. prior to naming their kid Bart. I, I need to know all those things. I got to meet Homer and Marge. Mm-hmm. Got to. You yep. know. Millhouse, probably the neighbor. Chad, no Millicent, not dude. not irrelevant, bro. Chads, if they're not rocking wife beaters and spraying on axe spray, can't trust them. Can't Do you think there's them. like less? There will be less Chads and Brads for the future generations to come because of what how we perceive current Chads and Brads. Well, one, I hope to God, and two, if they're named Brad, they are actually going back to their to their um baby name bradley Mm -hmm. they actually have to own it earlier in life because you can't be a 40 year old brad anymore like a 35 year old brad you just can't be you got to be bradley and like you better you're basically your hand is forced you have to end up a doctor you got to be dr bradley Mm -hmm. like that's the long and the short of it if you don't end up with letters behind your name you are probably going to work at quick trip your whole life you know as brad Mm -hmm. you think any really why name like ending in Y, like Andy. I don't think you can rock Ooh. unless you're Doctor Andy. That's true, and like, that's why you have to be Andrew. Got to be Andrew, exactly. Yep, because like you can slide into Drew if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to go become a serial killer or anything like that, we can switch it over. Yeah, hit me hard with Drew. Go like Decky. Like technically, we're always going to treat you as the lifeguard. You know what I'm saying? Until you end up with letters behind your name. Yeah. We're forced to. All right. You, you know, know I'm but, to take that. <laughs> but like, no, but we can still, like, as an adult, we can call you Declan, mm. but everyone's going to be confused. Mm. Right. Yeah. They're all going to be like, wait a minute, is that like a verb? Like, what's a Declan? Like, is that something like that you sh- fire guns off of a ship? Like, are you the Declan? There's a deckhand, and then a Declan is the guy firing missiles. Like, oh, it's a name? Oh, my God. It's Irish, right? Yeah. It's Irish, which means like, Oh my God! Was his grandpa an alcoholic? Like, did his grandpa f- have to fast for four years and like survive fourteen wars and like people eating each other's arms? We don't know. The only Declan I I saw, you know, I went to Ireland. I went and did some research. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of r- real estate agents out there named Declan, and I don't know if that's a telling thing about my name or not. Um, but it's out there. Declan can take you home. Yeah, something like that. But I would also say Decky works great towards my brand because it works just like it's it's positivity mm-hmm. almost i don't know why that is um I, I feel like it would be very not humble to do this but basically start a t-shirt line of all the different names nicknames that i've been called want to know why because you got land right you got yeah, property real you estate. got grass De- deck land baby deck land oh dude you could oh, basically have the next dude. disneyland only like you you won't sleep with kids, you mm. know. 
This is Deckland. This is like where adults come to get on water slides, and I will save you if you drown. Yo, okay, I, I got a good idea, actually. Um, so th- so we could do like a like a little tykes farm type uh you know cartoon looking thing with like the grass on the shirt and mm-hmm. then underneath it says deckland mm-hmm. but i was also thinking a step further like if you from a manu- shirt manufacturer you order a lot of shirts mm-hmm. like your glorified dropbox or no drop ship company out of your house it's Boom amazing luck. it's amazing I've boxes been, I've been everywhere there. boxes everywhere you got like 80 cats and dogs you got a kid who speaks to all of them and then you got you walking through the door you you act like the boss but you're not your kid is and she knows how everything works and you know the house um is definitely designed the right right way so that you know everyone can gotta get around and get and do the things that they need to do and that's what I love about your house. We rearranged, by the way. Oh, we, we spread it out. Come on. Still walls full of boxes. Good. But we spread it out. Good. And now you'd be so proud of us. Like where we post up your bed this time. Okay. There's going to be enough room for you and Andrew to cuddle. Perfect. Because last time there wasn't a lot of room. Yeah. That was the night of an event, right? Yeah. We just got a shipment that day. Yam House Castle. Yeah, that's right. That was wild. That was wild. Okay, um, wait, but anyways, back to my ideas. So back to Deckland. So Deckland. Yeah. Okay, but the man that's with the one grass, shirt. the man with the land, the property, yeah. the so, real estate. So I don't think a lot of people are gonna buy any shirts with my name on it, and that's just how I'm feeling at the current moment. But what I could do to convince them to buy my shirts is, if I were to go to a clothing manufacturer and be like, "Hey, can you give me 30 shirts, but just have one slight change on every single one of them, right?" So I could be the same like thing the whole time, but it could just be like Decky Cheese. Decky comedy, Deckland, all the all the different stupid ones, Decky bad style, all the different ones that we come up with, and I'll just wear all of them because it's my name. And then when people see it, they'll be like, "Can I have one of those?" And I want to know how many people that might be. I'd spend three hundred bucks on that. I feel like uh, Decky. If you're not gonna end up with letters behind your name, you basically could. You got a four year engineering degree. Yeah, like mm. you're kind of close. But check this out. As a comedian, what you are, you're full-blown now. You consistently do comedy. That's true. I, I, I just don't get enough. St- I don't get the same amount of stage time as everybody yet. I got to keep hustling. I've only been four months into it. I don't know if I'm a professional. Like, I'm not up there yet. Do you have green or blue eyes? Uh, Blue. Just like you do. Decky eyes blue, blue eyes, baby. Decky blue eyes. Decky blue eyes. Decky soft eyes. Decky soft eyes. Decky soft hands. Yeah. He's got a little callousing going on. Decky callous, dude. Decky, Decky, freaking. Decky fertile, dude. <laughs> Decky <laughs> fertile. Oh my god. Yo, Decky's fertile, and the and the elderly women can tell. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. And then when you invite them up to the studio and they see these flowered chairs, they are and I'm creaming. Like this, dude. They haven't. They haven't. They haven't creamed that much since the. World War Two, mm. in the nutshell, yeah. since since Ryan was still getting saved. That's actually so fucking true. It's, yeah, it's a culmination of everything right there. Decky oh. Fertile. Decky Fertile. Where'd that come from? Oh, it just hit me at one point when he just had all these, like, early 30s, late 20s, like, Decky Fertile. They're coming, they're ready, and they know Decky's got, he's got a load. Is it the lack of... Of deodorant? Do they just, like, smell you coming? No, it's not that. I think they just see, like, a really vulnerable, spineless guy, and they're like, 
you know, this guy, he's smart enough. He's got a good enough mental state on his head, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's there enough where I can, like, make him whole. Mm-hmm. And, like, girls that are 27 and older, like, are into it. Yeah. And so that's kind of been the running joke now. So I'm just, they know I'm fertile, which is, like, you know, every guy's fertile, but why why me? Send it. Hey, um, did you guys have big heads when you were little babies? I'm not sure. I think I did, yeah. Big bald, bald head. You big had bald a big head? bald head? I had like hair, on, like like how I'm going to be in a few years. I had mm-hmm. hair on the sides of my head for like the first like <laughs> year and a half. They were like, damn, you're an old baby. <laughs> you, know, you just like ran through a hair cycle yeah. <laughs> start to finish. Oh, it was ugly like that. That's amazing. There's some classic pictures. <laughs> it's like this kid, this kid could have a beard and it, it would play. Yeah. I always wonder because there are some kids who can, they can balance out early. Mm. And then there's some that are just so top heavy, dude, and they're flippy flopping all the way up until like a year and a half. And it's really weird because like my daughter right now, she's got a smaller head. So she's been walking since she was eight and a half months. She's an athlete. She's an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, three syllables. And she's able to like cruise around. But then I see kids that are her age at like play dates and stuff. And they're still just crumbling at the knees, dude, because their head's so fucking big. <laughs> they can't, they can't balance out. It's like they're the rest of their body wants to do it, but their bobblehead just won't allow them. It's like Joe Maurer on his their last center day. mass are just yeah. totally off. I uh, I was at church this past week, and uh, there was a baby in front, and this dad who was like, you know, I feel like he had held a baby, you know, he had probably fifteen holds under his belt, but that's not enough, right? Especially when you got that massive head. And she, her head literally just took her own body out of his arms and she just <laughs> fell. And, like, we're in the Basilica, which, like, you can hear a pin drop in that place. And that baby erupted. And that dad got her out of there it fast. I think she was okay. I didn't get to ask. But, bro, it the was volume, nuts. The volume of the head drew the baby. Boom. Oh. Yeah, it was, like, so loud. It was nuts. Yeah. Don't drop babies at church. Yeah, he, he literally dropped his baby. Daddy dropped his baby. Yeah. Dude, if it's a quiet church, like, are you allowed to yell fumble? <laughs> I laughed hysterically. <laughs> and I wasn't like, I was like, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> How long does it take for a father to just be like, it is what it is? And, and like, do they, are they going to hold guilt like I dropped the baby the rest of their life? Check this out. Yeah. I'll give you the breakdown. Please. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so early on, first two weeks, that's a fragile-ass baby. Mm. Soft head, whole shebang. So you feel like you're holding a piece of China from World War II, you know, like can't drop this fucking thing. Yeah. And then eventually you start realizing this baby's getting strong. Its elbows are strong. Its shoulders are strong. It can hold its head up. Then you start getting a little more ballsy with holding your baby, a little more risque, not so much. I don't know if my daughter's a freak of nature or what, but she like came out of the womb doing push-ups, moving her head around, like looking around the room all aware and shit. So like she had a strong neck from the jump, but over time as their neck gets strong, that's what gives you the base to be able to flop that fucking thing around is how strong their neck is. So then eventually... Like, I just started, like, throwing my daughter around more. Like, we'll have wrestling matches on the bed. And she's only a year. But she loves it when I just freaking give her the rock bottom, you know? Mm. 
So I've been throwing her around a lot lately and it's like turned into like fun as hell. But the first month I had her, mama was gone somewhere. It was, I think it was, yeah, it was my first time alone with my daughter. She's got a strong neck. I'm lifting her up. The fucking fan was going. <laughs> oh, dook, 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 dook. oh shit. I no pull, way. I, I, <laughs> she took that I, She took some hitters? She took two. Dook, dook. I pull her down quick. I was like, oh, fuck. She like, one of those, you have to positively reinforce your child when they start crying. So I immediately was like, oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And I ignored what I just did. And then she was cool like two minutes later. But I put my kid, my first time babysitting my child without mom, I put my kid's head in the fan. And That's so bad. Yeah, but I live for the story, you know? So it's yeah. like, right, oh, when yeah. ma- right when mama came home, I immediately tell mama what I did. I thought she was going to kind of be mad at me. My wife starts laughing fucking hysterically. It's like, <laughs> all right, I guess we can take risks in yeah. life. Oh, <laughs> man. I would have been freaking. Dude. Yeah. Like, oh. She was a month old, and mm-hmm. it's like, I've already, like, what else in regards to, it can't get much worse than this. I just put my freaking kid's head in a fan. I have a you question. Know? I've How, got an answer. Yeah, I know this is I know this is your your podcast, but this is our podcast also. Yes, this is ours. This mm-hmm. is our our podcast. Yeah. It's our World War II podcast. This is the Jack Uptown. Wallet World War II podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the Outback. <laughs> oh, I might. Okay, so I want to know, like, in your... Um, Cause how old is your daughter now? Um, how many months? About to be or thirteen months, two days. Yeah, yeah, oh, thirteen months, two days. Quick question off that: When do you start calling your kid by age, not month? Check this out. I started calling my daughter Purple. Mm, just abandon the units altogether. Yeah, I just call her Purple. Purple. So people will ask me how old she is. You're right. Good question. When she was eleven months, I was like, she's a fucking year, whatever, you know. But you have these phases. Like these these uh, pinnacle moments in a child's like development, yeah. where it's like when she started walking. I didn't. I thought kids started walking early as fuck. Apparently, our daughter started walking earlier than any of them, because she's eight and a half months walking. And then I find out, oh, kids don't walk till like a year. I was like, okay, well, that's cool. She realized if I want to get to that to that other side of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, faster i gotta get up yes yeah yeah and it was um because dude she didn't crawl very long it was like she was crawling but she was already getting dude my daughter was standing like holding on to shit at like two and a half months i shit you not she just like had like this strong frame yeah she's so, built built dude she's how proud built. of a dad are you for that like I've, she's it's evolving an ego thing. Yep. she's evolving yep it's an ego thing for sure mm-hmm. yeah. because whether parents want to admit it or not, you're comparing your child to other kids' development. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's cool. Now she's getting into the point where, like, dude, she's, like, saying words and stuff. Like, not fully forming words, but she's, like, you can tell, oh, my God, she's repeating what I'm saying right now. Mm. And that's an ego booster right there because it's, like, she's still pretty young. But, like, you start aging them out as when they started walking, when they started doing this. So, like, we'll really kind of see um, this summer. It's going to be a big summer to have her swimming. Mm. So you can bet first weekend of a of, of full-blown warm summer where we're throwing them in the water, she's getting thrown the fuck in, and she's going to learn how to swim that weekend. Mm. We've already taken her. 
there was like three months in a row we took her to the pool and we're talking when she was like three four five months we're taking her to the pool pulling her towards us letting her go because they're fine pulling them towards you letting them go getting them to kick their feet like we've been i don't know man we're just like active with our child so we make sure because i don't want to be a failure of a parent that's like every every parent's biggest fear is to fail your kids because then in a nutshell you failed yourself you failed on life if you fail your kids so like that's kind of where we're at now where it's like this summer gonna be a big summer to swimming i'm not gonna be saying oh my kid's 16 fucking months no my kid's swimming now you know i like that like, what like, evolution my, are they like, yeah my kid's doing shit mm-hmm. you know in yeah. a nutshell i like that you that's know? freaking dope can i tell you guys something yeah don't ever fucking have kids don't do it and if you decide to do it cool story don't do it again and if you do it again don't do it again does that make sense? So I have two kids. No, but if you have another one, don't have another one. Just don't do it. Mm. Don't do it because here's the thing. You give up everything when you have a child because you no longer can live for Andrew and Declan. Mm-hmm. You're now living for another spe- another being. And if it's a woman, a girl, another species, you're literally living for this little fucking alien that you'll never understand ever, <laughs> ever. You will never get them. But you have to, you have to try to understand. You'll never understand your life. Your life and your own ego depends on it. Uh huh. That's why I call her purple because I don't fucking get it, dude. (laughs) I don't get it. I call her purple, and she listens to me, and she comes to purple, and it's great. But at the same time, like I can't suggest enough: don't have kids. I tell everybody, the best birth control is having one child. Then you realize, I done fucked up. Because, because everything you've known up to that point is out the fucking window Mm. from a standpoint of who you think you are. Mm. Your heart now lives outside your body. Don't get me wrong. Biggest blessing ever. I wouldn't change a thing. But when I see my friends who are doing stuff, who are capitalizing, who are moving their way up this totem pole called success in life, you're putting all that on the back burner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that necessarily, because where I was going with my, que- my original question was like, um, how have you seen your own business, your own psyche, your own mental state change from the time before you had kid, <laughs> a kid, to the time after? Because, like you said, it's it goes from that transition is all about you to all about someone else, yep. right? So, how has that? fueled you in a different way right biggest blessing ever as you guys know you know i was um, working towards get me gary v during having a child and the amount of stress that i wouldn't wish on my own worst enemy like i wouldn't wish it on anybody so the fact that we did it we pulled it off we all came together we we made it happen that was cool but at the same time i still had to pick up the pieces of having a daughter So when you have a daughter, let alone a child, right then and there, your drive, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. It's just go. That's all it is. It's just go. So there is no hiatuses. There is no uh, maybe tomorrow. It's That's irrelevant now. And I think it's just like this paradigm shift that just happens. If you're a grown-ass adult, you just make it happen. Obviously, there are slouches out there who just whatever, but that's just not in my DNA. And I don't think it's in any of our DNA. 
And hence the reason we surround ourselves with who we surround ourselves with. We don't hang out with fucking losers, you know, unless they're in our house throwing parties when it was supposed to be a, a creative art show. <laughs> mm. Hell of another experience. Dude, I actually want to hear that story. We can leave all names out because I know all parties. And I actually just had lunch with the party throwing party today who was in tears because he feels so bad all the while. He loves you guys so much, and we're all collective, and we all love each other so much. But, Andrew, you were telling me this story while we were over at Caleb's before mm-hmm. we came back home to Papa. I need to hear this story in depth from the bacon throwing to the fact you were having an anxiety attack. I need to hear it all. Oh, we you can, can, let's break it down. Yeah. yeah. You can leave names out, but I need to hear you two collectively tell us this story. Yeah. Yeah. I'll run it down from the start. You jump in whenever yeah. and you feel like you need to add. Any, any storyteller. Yeah. And that's a shirt. Just jump in well. where you feel like I'm missing. Yeah. And I'll pay 300 bucks for you to have shirts as well. Yeah. I, I don't want that to just be a selfish thing. Exactly. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, you do a trade-off, you, you're trying to bang for your buck out here. Mm-hmm. We did a little trade-off with another company and we had to throw an art show at our place mm-hmm. because the aesthetic of our house just has this vibe. That puts off, you know, a feng shui where people people want to be involved. People want to express themselves. It's an uptown mansion. You got gold trim al- along the top of our living room. We got like a really nice, unique architecture that was, you know, the house was built in a long ass time ago, um, before World War II. Actually, it screams elegance and ex- yeah. it, excre- it screams diversity. Uh, you don't even know what happened. It's in this unique. House. It's unique. So we were like, all right, this company wants to come in here and throw an art show. Absolutely. Like, let's make this thing, this really cool, zen-filled, happy environment where we got, you know, some nice relaxing music and some dope pictures. Some a calligraphy guy is going to come in. It's going to be this whole thing. We're like, amen. We, like, we want to be a part of this. This is going to be a great way to grow us. Well, as the plans gather, we quickly learned the, the art show thing that originally was pitched turned into um, a house party. And it was a DJ selling uh, their their personal gear uh, and color books in the corner and a ton of Paps Blue Ribbon old style or uh, PBR. 16 ounce PBR. PBRs, yeah. dude. And oh, we were in for a treat. We tried to walk through it, tried to make this thing happen with some class, but the fan quickly went to high speed and bacon was being thrown up and hitting the walls left and right. And when I say bacon... That's a pivotal part of the story because that's when the night just flipped. So I had I realized quickly that this party was not not, not going to be an art show. It was going to be this entire thing of, you know, just kind of drinking and buying sweatshirts. It's, it's going to be a rager, basically. So I was like, all right, it's time to go into ultimate, like, lockdown, lockdown mode. Lockdown mode this is our house. Yeah. And another thing, too, is just like... Well, I want to make it happen. Like, right. I don't want there to be a disaster. Right. No, yeah. So, and that was the other thing, too, where it was like, we weren't necessarily partaking in the party in terms of, like, we weren't... I mean, we were drinking, sure, but it was more like we were feeling out the crowd. We were, I was, I was looking at everything from like a management standpoint as if like I was throwing an event, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it, yeah. I mean, once it did get to that point where you're just like, you take kind of a step back and you look around and you're like, okay, I don't really know anyone here. Um, you it's, could it's start you, to it's see you and I versus yeah everyone, the 80 other people in our house right now. Yeah. And we got no backup. Yeah. Because our friends exactly. had just left. What did the guy cooking the bacon say? 
Yeah. Well, well the so, crazy. Hold on. The crazy thing about that was like, there's this, this dude that like we were talking, and he comes up out of nowhere before the bacon, the before Bacon Gate, and like he's just started kind of saying some like crazy stuff, like oddly, oddly a weird dude. And I'm like, okay, like I was, my mind already jumped to like, okay, maybe we should probably like find a way to get out, get this kid out of here, figure out who knows him, and be like, okay, hey, he's kind of concerning. But then before we even got there. Andy, we smelled bacon. Smelled bacon. Yeah. And I was like, Dak, hold the stairs. I got to go check out the kitchen. And I walk in to our kitchen and I see 100 pieces of bacon, 100 pieces of bologna and ham. And the dude's got the pans cooking on the stove, throwing the meats on, and then just right-handed tossing over his shoulder against our wall. Meats hit our wall, grease and all, and just drip slow motion down the wall. I walk in there and I go, Hey, buddy, what's going on? What is going on? And he's like explaining this whole thing. And he goes, he goes, the people ask for bacon. I got to deliver them bacon. And I go, what? no, man, no, this is our house. This is, this is not something that's supposed to be going down. I was shocked, but he's like consistent on cooking the bacon. He's got all his boys in there eating the bacon. They're hyping him up. And I had no control, no power. Yeah, he had bacon backup. Like who brings? Not only does he bring bacon, yeah, but he brings se- bacon. All self-brought, by the way. All self-brought. He he stole allegedly all of the bacon from like the subway of up, up, up the street. I don't know if he was working there and had an in, but the man took all the cartridges of bacon that subway had that day. Yeah, the whole ham selection. And I eventually get into his get into his head and make him realize like this isn't happening. We get him to calm down. His buddies jump in and like make him stop because he wasn't gonna stop cooking finally get it relaxed and i was like if you want to cook bacon when like there's 10 people left and it's relaxing environment we'll have the bacon then and he turns around he looks at me and he goes he sticks out his hand and i shake and he goes you just made the deal with the devil (laughs) what okay have a good night let's walk away from the kitchen here i was shocked um, and that was, that was at the moment where I realized this was no, I mean, we, this was no art show cowboy. This, this, yeah. This is no art show. We got to lock in. And, uh, you know, other things happened where I had to break up a fight and put him, uh, put a dude in an Uber. I had to take out his wallet and find his, uh, oh. driver's license in his wallet because he couldn't give me his address. What do you start doing with his wallet once you start? Yeah. He, he brings out his pocket and then he just chucks everything inside it. Hundreds of like coupons and business cards like things the guy you... clearly hadn't heard a group on like yeah. it's horrible yeah he did not know that he had his he had his phone accessible for if holding someone, his tickets yeah, if someone could have introduced him to like venmo groupon and like the wells fargo app things would have been so much Gosh. cleaner with this guy i'm like doing a scavenger hunt looking for his id and i gather everything together punch in his id and i'm probably i'm pretty sure that i sent him to his parents house <laughs> like so quick like that's a genius move like, I would have never thought of that. I was getting his driver's license? Right. Like, I mean, the guy's trashed. He had just gotten in a wrestling match with one of his friends. Like, one of his friends was, like, kind of borderline sober. And, like, we were like, okay. Like, this, we basically appointed this guy to handle the situation. And then five minutes later, we just hear, like, a bang outside. And we're like, oh, that's not good. We go outside and, like. They're full on wrestling there's outside. There's three guys. Yeah. Yeah. Our neighbor is like sitting on this on the porch, like looking over, like making sure everything. Because like, 
I didn't even realize how many people were outside our house just ripping darts and God knows what out there, which is, I mean, we just told them like no smoke, no darts in the house. That's, you know, rule one. But that was just like coming out to that. We're like, okay, damn it. Like now we got to do something. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I, you handled it great. Yeah. I don't know if I could have put two and two together to send him home to his parents' house. Yeah, Paid sh- $35 nonetheless. Sh- shipped him home. There you go. Yeah. Shipped him off. That was like, uh, once we did that well, and we, we started I thought we were in out, the clear. I thought we were in the clear. In the clear, like yeah. so in the clear. Um, and then, so we start cleaning up, you know, low maintenance stuff, not not a big deal, taking down some posters, you know, doing this, doing that. And uh, all of a sudden, we see like there's a couple of people left and a kid walks in and he is like full tears. He's got this just shocked look on his face and he's just got blood running down his hands full trail full coming from trail. the outside into the middle of our living room yeah and we're like oh fuck we got to do something so immediately took him over to like the pbr trash can that we had all the pbrs in start you know just handling it somewhat and ice then, cold blood light ice cold blood light yo my guy over here and we then take him into the kitchen and then it just turned into uh Dr. Deck and and Andy Nurse. I don't want to put you in that. But I went to get the first aid kit, and you were making it happen. Okay, yeah. So so then we talked. We moved and transitioned from podcasters in 2017 to now it's 2019, and we are medical partners. We're in e- we're uh, technically in ER. We were technically operating in ER in our house, and it and so what was good is. He's got his bloody hands over the sink. I'm washing off both hands. Banging f- his head against the cabinet. Banging his head repeatedly against the cabinet. like <laughs> Screaming. S- screaming yeah. something. I don't know. It was definitely Spanish. And <laughs> it was just like, yo. It's not, like, I finally realized. And I was like, okay, thank God. Like, he's got, he fell outside our house. And he had a glass bottle in his hand. And the glass shattered in his hand when he slipped. And that's why it's causing the bleeding. It was like a little cut on his wrist. And so immediately I look at Andrew. I was like, okay, we're good. Not a big deal. Let's handle this now. So then we went full surgery mode. Duct taped him up. Duct taped him up. Andrew deck, somehow. Deck taped him. Deck, deck taped, deck taped him. Deck him yeah, deck taped him. Sponsored by Deck Land. Andy First Aid comes in. Somehow this house has a first aid kit. And that's pretty dope. So and and we're and we are an insured podcast which is great too allegedly allegedly we're allegedly insured we have trip and, and slip trip and slip with just for this <laughs> and uh he brings the first aid kit and like we're we're banding up still screaming spanish and hitting his head against the the cupboard <laughs> and uh it was so funny because i just took a step back at that moment as like i'm like andrew hand me the gauze and i'm just like never in a million years would i have expected me like us to be in this situation right like you whenever you kind of and not only just like as starting a podcast together but also in the sense of just like whenever you throw a party you always think of like in quotes the worst case scenario right Mm -hmm. and you throw promotional events all the time high-end insurance we we were talking about this earlier when stuff starts happening you can either be the guy sitting in the corner being like it's all sad and mopey all angry and just why me? Why me? Yeah. Or yelling at people, being an ass. Or you can be the guy that rises up and makes things happen. Right. 
And that's what I fucking loved about what we had to do. And, you know, that's what all three of us do in, in times of those types of situations. Yeah. Power moves, man. It's uh, kind of when adrenaline starts kicking in, are you going to be the one snapping your fingers, getting shit done? Or are you going to be the one who's folding under pressure? And I don't think we're the types to do that. And that's kind of hearing the story. This is probably the second time I've heard the story. Second and a half, I guess. And it just all the way makes sense of your guys' character, how you, who you are and how you get down, getting the job done. This is your house. This is your castle. I remember we just had... Uh, that that event here the night you guys got your 50 shirts delivered yes that was dope you guys had a a comedy show inside your home and you do have a big castle here and this house was packed out dude biggest snowstorm of the year might i add yeah oh yeah i had to dip out before decky you just got done i believe yeah you got done and then that girl went on, and I had to dip out after her. I, When I got home, you guys, my car didn't get stuck because I drove into the snowstorm. Oh. My car didn't get stuck until the ass end of my driveway. Oh, my God. Because wow. it was already a foot and a half by yeah. the time I got into Rochester. Really? It had accumulated that much? Yeah, that quick, bro. It, you could, it was whiteout conditions. You couldn't see anything yeah. around Cannon Falls. I got home. My car didn't get stuck. I'm so glad I left when I did that night Smart. because I didn't get stuck until I got the end of my driveway. Yeah. So I was Clutch Magazine. Have you guys ever um, saved like an old person who's fallen? No, I have Can't say I have, but we did just tell a story about saving someone, so... Yeah. It, we got that call for us. It made me think of uh, last year in a matter of a month and a half. Actually, no, no, no. Sorry. In a matter of four months, we had to save each one of our old neighbors. So first one, my uh, neighbor lady, Pat, she was stuck inside of her Husky's kennel. This is in February. For some reason, I got the feeling that I needed to... Uh, I went to the gas station to grab some milk or something. And I typically come back the same way we lived at the at this roundabout at the very end of the town. And for some reason, this is at like 530, middle of the winter, so it gets, it gets dark early. I come back the other way and I just see her on her knees inside of the dog's kennel, clutching on to the locked door. I'm like, what the fuck? That ain't normal. I parked my car. I climbed through the snow to get to her kennel. It's like, Pat, what's going on? She's like, I've fallen. My legs gave out because she has spinal cancer. Her legs gave out. So I go get my, I was like, okay, stay here. I go get my wife. We had to follow her with the chair. I got her up and I, we had to carry her inside. Bro, like if we wouldn't, have, she would have died. She would have froze yeah. to death and fucking died. Middle of February, negative degree weather. It was just crazy. And then four months later, this dude that I grew up, despising he wouldn't let us walk through his his yard he would pull out his bb gun if we walked through his yard i had one of those guys that he was just a uh hose guy though yeah dude this BB guy, guns are a little crazy yeah, sid he's a looney tune <laughs> sid frank dude he had he had a bb gun and he would he wouldn't fire it at us but he'd fire it and um this guy mind you this is fast forward over two decades same town same house we are about to leave town. We just had our baby. Yeah, we just had our baby. It's April. Pulling around. I see this fat fuck laying on his... He's old now. He's old. Still still a Nazi, but he's old. Probably fought in World War II for the other side. He definitely 
For the other side. Oh, yeah, for, oh for the other side. For the losing team. D- for the losing winning team. team. Losing team. Winning yep. team. Yep. 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 So we're the winners, and we're pulling around, and this motherfucker's laying on his stomach, and you think he's like looking underneath his uh, his um his golf cart, his Volkswagen. No, this motherfucker cased it. His golf cart. He was leaning up on it, and it wasn't in park, and it flew forward. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we okay, so check this out. I don't like him as much as Pat. Pat's a sweetheart. She would always give us cookies. We pull around because I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that dude definitely fell, right? So we stop by. We see some family friends who live kitty corner um, from us, and we show them our new baby. We're showing off our new baby like a like a brand new toy, and we talk to them for like 20 minutes, and then I'm like, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure uh, we drove by Sid, and he was on his face. I'm pretty sure his fat ass fell, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to go and see if he's okay. Sure enough, the motherfucker fell. And I got out of my car. I was like, Sid, how you doing? He's like, I fell. I fell. <laughs> and I was like, I never walk so slow. But check this out. I'm walking, right? And then my wife is like running behind me. My wife trips and falls on her face. <laughs> and mind you, like, I still don't care enough. I'm going to save this guy, but I just don't care enough because, like, it's springtime now. Like, this motherfucker treated me like shit when I was a little kid. I I take time to cra- uh, crack a joke at my wife. I was like, damn, babe, that was the most athletic move you pulled since you had our baby. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, like, I helped this fat piece of shit get up. And uh, I am calling him all these names because he truly is a, he's a racist piece of shit. Uh, but I wasn't going to let him lay there and die. Um, but if I, uh, did ever see him, I'd probably like steal his, like his cake or something. Like if I saw him at a potluck, I'd roll up to him, fucking put my finger in his goulash and then steal his fucking chocolate cake. That's how big of a piece of shit this dude is. Damn, that's deep. Yeah, he is. No, he is a flat out piece of shit, but I still saved his life. And then let's backtrack a little bit more. One time, it was uh, midwinter again. I was like probably like an 18, 19 year old on my way to work. Yo, real something. quick, why are you saving everyone? Huh? You got a lot yeah. of saves. Like, bro, it's people. fucking weird, dude. Check this out. Me and my wife save old people. So this is when I was like probably like maybe even like early 20s. I look over to my left and I see this old person laying face first on the cement. And it's like midwinter again. I was like, what the fuck? That ain't normal. Because you just see the white hair with the face down, right? Middle of the sidewalk. And that's po- easy to miss, though. Not people a lot. Not people. They're camouflage for the snow. Yeah. Oh, unless you're on the shrooms. Then it's like, huh, fucking normal. <laughs> but anyways, I pull over. I run over this lady. Sure enough, this lady fell face first. No one saw her. She was going to die. If- Dude, it's another time. It's like 530 at night, about to be getting dark, midwinter, frigid cold. It's like, holy shit, this lady was going to fucking die if I didn't yeah. roll up and save this, save this woman. She was a sweetheart. Her name was Margaret. I, um, her dude, her chin was busted open. Oh. So I had to, um, walk her, like basically freaking carry her to her, um, to her house, which was like half a block up. Her niece was living with her. Didn't even know where the fuck she went. She's like, oh my God, Maggie, where were you? And, uh, I was like, yeah, you should probably get this figured out. And, um, next time maybe put a freaking uh, like a GPS tracking device on this woman <laughs> when she just fucking walks away. Yeah. Um, so then, sure enough, they had to call the call the ambulance. They came, sutured her up at the house. But it's like, dude, these old people just be falling, dog. Fast forward. This is 
like two months after we saved Fat Boy Sid, right? We no three months because we had moved to Rochester at this time. So this is your fourth saving. This is our fourth saving, third one in less than a year. I shit you not, this is all fucking real. Me and my wife are going to dinner downtown Rochester. Okay, it's our first date since we had our baby. We drop the baby off at my mom's. Right. We are going downtown. We just got on First Avenue. Look to our left. Fucking old dude laying on the side of the road on his face. Shit you not, dude. His old This time, his old ass wife was right there. She couldn't get him up. This is in like uh. August of 2018. She couldn't get him up. She was old as fuck, too. <laughs> couldn't get her husband up. He's like, he's a giant. He's like 6'5". Couldn't get this old uh, creaky dude up. So sure enough. I hop out. I was like, all right, sir. And I had to like, kind of like, he was so big. I had to like, give him like the awkward behind Heimlich where my, it was awkward. Dang. <laughs> you know, you just I, like power clean him. I had to power clean this fool. That left and then power and, you But like, it was weird. Check this out. So I'm lifting him up and I heard every joint in his body crack. Oh. And it like, I was, I was hugged up on him. Chiropractor so, mode. So, yeah, so <laughs> I basically gave this dude an adjustment while I'm lifting, <laughs> lifting him up. And his wife was so old too. I wouldn't let her take control of him. I was like, no, where the fuck y'all gotta be? Cause I just watched this. You couldn't even lift him up off the curb. So like we had to make sure we got him in his car and where they needed to be. But it's like, bro, these old people be falling, dog. And you're always there, man. Be falling. And the year before, I had to freaking stay with my grandpa while he died, dude. Had to send oh. him packing. Like, dude, I'm the old people whisperer. I'm the old people whisperer. But the thing is, is there's... Why, do, but, why do you but, think but, dude, you're, but you're so young. And, like, <laughs> it's just it's just annoying that you, you have to say, like, oh, yeah, I had to save four old people real quick. And, oh, yeah, I had to pick them up and had to take them to these certain places and had to save their life. Yeah, dude, super sick burden on your end because your young ass is able to suplex them. No problem. So... Young. Young hitter. Nonetheless, looking great. I'll never forget the day... We were out for, it was like mid-dinner, right? Yeah. We were yeah. having like apps and a beer, right? Mm-hmm. We were just down the street from your guys' house. And you just look at me and you're like, dude, you're so young. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Young. You just kept, that was your rebuttal. Young. And then Andrew starts chiming in. Young. Young boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that's when I started calling you dad. We called you dad, but oh, still fuck. young. Don't matter. You keep you call. All, we're all dad. I don't know. You, I, you call me dad all the time in text too. Daddy, daddy. Sorry, where were you going with that story though? So another guy fell. Okay, so all these people fall, and uh, somebody's got to be there to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like it goes to show with just what we do. You step up to the plate. There is no in between. There are like. There are some people who live in these bigger metropolises, these bigger cities, that are so numb to human interaction that they see an old dude keeled over on a subway and they just keep it moving. And I don't know if it's our just who we are as human beings. We ain't got it in ourselves to do that. You can't do that. You know, there are some people. I've seen it at college parties where motherfucker will bust his face, bleeding all over. Oh, just get him moving just get him out get to save themselves a hassle where mm-hmm. it's like no man like the possibility of that motherfucker dying is high 
kind of like we were talking about when we were over at Caleb's, Andrew, um, back in high school, I would get these calls because I used to be the dude who threw the house parties. That's what I did. My mom would go out of town, leave the house up to me and my sister. We'd throw a bash. And you'd have these girls. It was always like a freaking 100-pound gymnast where they, they're always the one drinking too much, pissing themselves. I was always the dude getting puked on and pissed on because I'm here freaking taking care of shit, making sure she's laying on her side, making sure she's got water, making sure everything's making sure no creepy dudes are fucking around. You know what I'm saying? Making sure they are okay. And it didn't just happen to girls, happened to dudes too, but it was more controllable with dudes where it's like, get his fucking ass on, get his shirt off. Put him, put a bucket by him. He's good to go. Yeah, there's with, like an itinerary for yeah, guys, you know. It's yeah. really easy. But with a girl, bro, it's like, fuck. Do I really have to call her parents right now? And a lot of the times, it did with this uh, girl, Samantha. After one of our dances, she was pissing all up and down my arm while I'm carrying her out to her parents' uh, car so they could bring her to the hospital to get her stomach pumped. Dang. But dude, these are the lives we lived. Where it was like it was party central, especially you go to these party schools. Man, the amount of craziness I would see in Dinky Town was lights the fuck out, dude. The last night my boys were living in their house, they all made it a point to put a complete hole in one of their walls. So one of them chose the kitchen, another one chose the a wall between their bedrooms, another one chose um uh, a wall downstairs, another one chose uh what was it a wall connecting their their beer pong room to their living room. It's like, these motherfuckers, like, bro, y'all are crazy. But it's like they're doing it just to do it. Not to mention freaking alcohol poisoning. Yeah, you know? that's... I, I think really what you're getting at is like just like fight or flight mentality. Mm-hmm. And when you're... You know, we were talking kind of about loosely touching on like accountability um, and being a father, just being like naturally accountable for your kids. So you're going to take all that responsibility on which you should. And most people do. Um, but when you put on an event or when you do anything really, and something goes wrong, you, and you see something like you see it, it, it's impacting you. That accountability comes up, but then that's what fuels like that fight mentality. And I feel like a lot of people want to avoid the, the accountability sometimes. They don't want to own it. They don't, they don't want, want to, to be it. there. Mm-hmm. Like once you take action, now it's your responsibility where you can kind of deflect. Maybe I didn't see it. Maybe yeah. there's other stuff going on. I had to take care of this. It's but scary. It, too, it's scary. Dude. Well, you take the action. Now you're in it. You're in the situation yeah. and you got to um, just continue to move through it. And I, I like fight has something to do with it, but it's more so the accountability, what you're saying. Like yeah. you're holding yourself accountable. Like this is my responsibility. This is my shit. I got this storm going no matter what happens. Yeah. I want to be the guy making the solution yeah. because I know that I'm going to do best for what's going to happen. The worst part is having to explain the situation to the cops. Mm, I haven't had to do that. Bro, either, like, yeah. I've seen, um, we've had, to, like, there's been situations where we've broken up brawls. Like, we're talking 25-person fights. Oh. And cops come, and someone got carted off to the hospital. And, okay, what, what happened? Well, that's where you kind of have to go into um, umbrella liar mode. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, like they're <laughs> all the all the bullshit of what you do know is underneath, but you just kind of have to like <laughs> paint a picture. Well, it's like, I mean, this guy was talking shit. This I mean, it like it was totally even though. I mean, just one guy ended up on the on the ass end of it. 
I've been in that situation so many fucking times. I've ended up in the back end of an ambulance, me and Lil Crazed. He got a bottle bashed on his head. This is our senior year in high school. I had a sprained ankle from an AU tryout. <laughs> I'm in an air cast. Half the fucking party, I'm icing my shit because it just happened the day before. But got to go to the party. You know what I'm saying? My boy Lil Crazed, who like, there was animosity between our cliques. But we're friends, you know, but there was like little one per this dude doesn't like this guy. And we're all like, we came here with them. They came here with them. So there's animosity multiple times throughout this party. Unbeknownst to any of us, while a little crazed and maybe one other person were inside, he got a bottle bashed over his head by the fucking douchebag who we didn't know rolled with us. Calamity ensues. I just walk in and I see crazed. He's got fucking blood everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Someone, I made sure there was two girls helping him. So I was like, okay, he's cool. He's cool. We're good now. I got to go figure out what the fuck's going on. I limp my ass outside. Right when I walk outside, I get fucking cold cocked. I get knocked the fuck out. I come to like... Maybe 15 seconds later, I come to, I stand back up, and Calamity's still going on all around me. It looked like World War fucking II, Saving Private Ryan Seriously. on steroids without guns or uh, mud or bunkers. So then I stand back up, and I get cold cock again from the other side. So in a matter of fucking 45 seconds, I'm knocked out twice. And oh. this time, this one did me dirty. So I get in a vehicle with... Uh, one of my buddies, and he's driving hammered. He's got a few of us Allegedly. in the back. Uh, no, he was hammered as oh, fuck. Okay. He okay. ended up getting a DUI. Oh, damn. So check this out. Not so, allegedly. Not allegedly. Full blown. Yo, he yeah. kind of deserved it, though. I mean. But check this out. It was like, um, do you remember some of those like driving video games where it's like you can drive through people's front yards? Yeah. And yeah. You Call can... of Duty World War Two. I mean, that's a great Grand... game. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto yeah. Yeah. Five. But like the early edition, where like you can't get through all the shrubs. Oh. So like yeah. it's not o- open uh, world or whatever they call it. Yeah. <laughs> so You're that... running against a pixelated yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. that just was repeatedly us. just. <laughs> yeah. That was us against like elements like um barricades things like that mm-hmm. oh his maybe banana out there in a red shell just yeah right behind <laughs> but he was trashing his vehicle and okay so this is at a lake house on lake zumbro on the outskirts of rochester neighbors call the cops because neighbors were partying with us i'll never forget they had their puppy with them rolling around getting all the attention drinking our fucking bloodlight you know <laughs> our bloodlight <laughs> So, and that was back in the day where you like, you worshiped your case of beer. You brought your 24 pack of fucking blood light. That's your jam. Yeah, you know what I'm it. saying? Yeah. Yound it. Okay. So na- those neighbors start freaking out. Call the cops. I'm woozy. I am woozy. It's beyond. I wasn't even drinking that much that night. I was just like, I had a swollen ass ankle. Now I got a swollen ass face. Right. So we survive. We get to the we get to the highway, the county roads. Check this out. Cops blocked off every fucking county road in the county. So there's a barricade of an ambulance with little crazed getting put into the fucking ambulance. Oh. My boy, instead of pulling over just to like listen to the cops, just tries to go through the barricade, almost hits an EMT worker, immediately gets really pulled over then. Cops come up. 
I got a senior basketball season coming up. I can't be getting a DUI or a, a, minor, a minor. I can't be getting a minor. Yeah. So I tell him, I was being honest. I was like, I just got knocked out. I don't know what's going on. Please, like, can you help me? They put me in the back of the ambulance. Oh, no, it didn't stop there. Cops didn't want me to leave. They didn't want the ambulance to leave until they gave me a breathalyzer. Because I, I was in the back seat of the car with this fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, they're like, no, get out of here. This man, this kid is hurt. We got to get him out of here with this bloody freaking Asian. EMT, got your back. And um, Woozy. Woozy. This man's woozy. This he man. might die. <laughs> so then they got me to the hospital, and it was nothing but an $1,800 bill. Mm, geez. Casual. I, I escaped the minor. Still had a sprained ankle. Got my face busted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I escaped a minor. Yeah, but you know what? Doesn't make a dent, dude. Yeah, didn't actually. It made all the dents. Yeah, I was a, a poor a senior. Yeah, yeah. I'd go get two jobs for that one. Yeah, we're not gonna go on this podcast with all these different people listening and say that it didn't make a dent because it did. Yeah. So, like, my face was literally dented. Yeah, no. it was terrible. Yeah. Again, it was we terrible. said how woozy, dude. Very. You woozy. know what the cool part about it is, though? The two dudes who knocked me the fuck out that night, both like on later dates. Through, like, connections and stuff, apologized. Nice, dude. I love that shit. Yeah. Where it's like... Comes full circle. Comes full circle, and they're just, like, all about just apologizing. Mm. You know? And there was, like, this other time after our... Are season- you on the front end? Like, if you were... you Would you apologize to someone if you were... If you were on the other end? Uh, yeah, if I knew them. But here's the thing. I've been in probably over 30 fights, and I've never started one of them. It was Ooh. always my friend's. It's always my friends, and I was known for the I was the nosebreaker. So there was multiple parties. So they called you, yeah, bro. So like you see all these splits in between my fingers. That's from my my knuckle splitting every single time I punch someone in the face. Literally, and we were reckless. We were reckless. There was a summer after we all graduated where there was only I think one or two weekends out of the entire summer that we didn't get into all out fucking brawl. And I'm not Jeez. even kidding you. Yeah, and what does that mean? That's like five guys in in a situation, or is that more than like? Or is it just a nice rough house and, and in someone's basement, yeah. bro? You, no, no, they were all out brawls. And this wasn't over like kick the can. With, I'm guessing. Okay, so no, no, picture us like it <laughs> wasn't over a game of Call of Duty World War Two. It was like okay, so picture us as city slickers. We would always go to these keggers in the outskirts at these cornfields and fight the farm boys. That's what we would fucking do. Mm, and it was like, God. it was all ego. So check this out. There's this one party. It was right off Silver Lake. My boy Rodrigo was in about to box this dude who had a broken hand who still wanted to fight him. So they started, we were setting it, setting it up so they could just box one-on-one inside the living room. We didn't want any other people to come get in on this. So these two dudes, I threw two punches this night two knockouts they were one it was like a jackie chan movie where a motherfucker walks in he gets knocked out another dude tries walking in he gets knocked out two punches two knockouts and they crappie flopped both knocked out over each other they did an x rodrigo finished this this dude up these two dudes are still sitting there freaking in comatose we walked over them got in my boy costin's girls white and paula i'll never forget this shit and we fucking left that's what it was like on a weekend basis where it's like Jeez. we're fighting somebody yeah not up no it, questions asked oh I, i'm really curious on like why is it that the farm boys versus the city slickers why is that like is it because 
Like the farmers, they got their land, right? We're going back to this land mentality. They got their property. And then the city slickers got their movement. Like they are, they got like mm. less repetition. They got, they feel a greater because there's a more variety versus the farm boys are in the routine and they're in the mundane, just got to get your shit done. And then they just, they, these mentalities do not, they didn't have a coexisting for a while. Females. Mm. Females. That's, I, but I would say that's like the root of like almost any sort of type of fight though. Mm-hmm. It's a Romeo but Juliet. I, yeah. But I think what you're getting at more is like, I, I will say that, I mean, there are, like, good qualities about, like, the, the farm boy, like, just, like, work your ass off, like, really, like, you say, kind of mentioned, like, the mundane, process, the process, right? Like, things take time out there, whereas, like, and there's not much yeah, I didn't change. mean mundane by bad. Yeah, meant, sorry. Yeah, no, but no, you're on it. You're exact. You're hitting it. Yeah. yeah. And we're, like, the the city slickers sometimes, like, they feel like, and we do know, we, we feel like we know more. Like there's like more knowledge and more expansion because you're you're seeing a lot more, right? You you have all these di- you're around more cultures, you're around more things going on. You're aware of like kind of what else is going on, so your perspective is just different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's it just like that is like a very specific like no cowboys ever gonna hang out with me, you know? Like young city slicker deck, I run into this in construction all the time. There's tons of farm boys and just like they call me city boy all the time when I run in with <laughs> when I walk in into my fucking meeting and at 7 30 that i'm running and i got my nitro cold brew hot cold press i got like my hair slicked over and i'm like all right fellas let's get this shit going like it's funny like to like just want to to live in that in that scenario but just like accept it and they they always just have like a bad taste or like fuck this like fuck this city slicker type thing but i don't know i i love i love when they're hating on me for it because i just like i don't know it's a mentality thing. Mm-hmm. Racial tension plays a role too. I'll never forget. Sure, I can um, see that. It was actually my old roommate and his friend and they decided it was during um whatever Olympics Dwayne Wade was in. Was, what well, hold on. Whatever Olympics Dwayne Wade is like in. No one knows that. No, but, like no one knows that it's No, this is two thousand eight. It was two thousand eight, I okay. believe. The recession happened then too. Two, yeah. Two thousand eight. <laughs> but no, they come home. And uh, my roommate comes home with his friend, and um, I feel like Lady Gaga was big in 2008. Like that's when she yeah, dropped. Sorry, yeah, yeah, just yep. trying to think. Absolutely, yeah, yep. Absolutely. People thought she had some weird things going on, but sorry. at the time wearing meat yeah. on her head and shit. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so they come Bacon home girl. and we're toning it down and we're watching ESPN. I'll never forget this ESPN on on the television. Dwayne Wade's talking post game interview during the Olympics. So this is like August. Okay. And uh, they start dropping the N-bomb. And my boy, he tells him, you better tone it the fuck down. I'm going to give you one more chance. Quit dropping the N-bomb. He drops one more N-bomb. So this is another time, old Nikolai, I'm sitting back letting my buddy box this kid who can't stop dropping the N-bomb. My roommate starts to put hands on me. I immediately go full-fledged freakout mode. Break his face. He ends up having to get plastic surgery. Oh, dang. I, I move over. He goes, hides in the hides in the bathroom, uh, bleeding left and right, calls the cops. I go over to his friend and start pounding on his friend, bust his friend's head wide open. He had to get staples all the way across oh. the back of his head. I got arrested for this, so I saw all the pictures and shit. All charges were dropped. Because people don't like the N-word. 
So like little things like that, whether it's females with fights, whether it's racial tension with fights, yeah. don't disrespect females. Um, or if we roll in town, let us have your females and don't drop the end bomb around my friends and we'll all be good. There's so many different circumstances where fights ensue, especially as young, egotistical, testosterone filled males where the littlest thing can set us off, especially when you're surrounded by a bunch of young developing men who grew up without fathers. None of us had it figured out. All my friends growing up, we all came from single parent households. Mm. And I think there is, there is, um, there is correlation there Yeah. where it's like, dude, we're all a bunch of dudes who like weren't raised by a man and we didn't really have it figured out. So we got to figure it out on our own. And most of the time it comes through fists. You know, yeah. I wasn't always this dad bod. You know, you didn't always. Dude, look you still look kid. great. Uh, I'm young. You're so young, and you're so good looking, dude. So many lines. Who? Are we, oh, you know who we were, we were talking about? Remember, uh, with Caleb, we were talking about like family dynamic and how he's got freaking eight brothers and how God, it's insane. He's the like, sixth youngest. Yeah, and how yeah. they all had to just like live with their differences. You know. And I also think about how when you, uh, you on our podcast, I mean, this is our podcast, but before, like back in September on our podcast, you said, um, like traveling is great perspective and that's one thing. But like, if you look at it from, uh, a country, the, the country you're traveling to's perspective, like a Rome or a Greece, um, where their tourism is a lot of part is a heavy part of their GDP. It's amazing how these people accept, you know, Americans just coming and chilling in their places. But, like, just knowing that we're inherently different. We don't speak Italian. We're, a lot of us are fat. And, you know, things happen. And the people come from everywhere. But they have to accept the differences. And they have to, you know, look at this person as, like, potential opportunity. Not only from a business standpoint, but just as, like, a human who's coming to enjoy something that you have. So I, I wish there was more of that, you know, I wish there was more of that. Just like if that it put it back into like the farm town city thing, like I would love and we have gone to like farms or different places and gone like hunting and gone on like the survival challenge thing we did with Ben VW and like those different experiences because they are experiences they are fun things to do. I just wish more people just did like more. We're more accepting of the, of the differences, but willing to share what they also do. That's a weird thing growing up in a small town church. That was me for the first 12 years of my life. Hardcore Catholic community. Well, technically, there's three churches. That's There's three bars, three churches, one gas station. And it was Lutheran, Catholic, Methodist. Yeah. Well, and another thing, too. Like, I grew up in a big city, suburb town in, in, in Colorado. And Andrew grew up in a suburb town in Chicago. So, like, that, we have no, like, I, it's, it's hard to, I've never been in that situation before. It's crazy. So, check this out the level of ignorance that comes out of small towns, whether it's the church or not so much fucking ignorance where it's like, they don't even see it because they're just surrounded by white people. <laughs> and then when I moved to the metropolis after my mom, guess what? Got a black boyfriend. Um, life shifted and level of understanding shifted to the point that I was always allergic to saying the N-word even before I fucking knew what a black person was. I just knew that was bad. I knew it was terrible. And 
coming out of that and then going back and seeing it for what it was, farm boy ignorance can't go unnoticed in my book. It's a way of life that they are so engulfed in that until they travel, until they take a psychedelic, until they go to a college in a bigger city and get the fuck out, they will always be there. And there's nothing that will do it. And what happens then? Voting patterns. They vote out of ignorance because mm. they go to the polls. But they that's how Jim Hagedorn gets in office running on a Trump platform. Like, dude, there's state senators today that were all voting yes to deny science, to deny climate change. They were denying it. And guess what? The bill won. Yeah. Be like, dude, these are small town mentalities. People representing small towns, knowing science is real, but they they do it because small towners put them in office. So they have to they have to appease them. Mm -hmm. And dude, that's where we are nowadays. And unless these motherfuckers are getting fists put down their throat, sorry to say, they might not ever wake up. Because I can guarantee you that kid who's who got fucking eighteen staples in his head because of my fists, he'll never say the N word again. He was in my house doing that shit, and that was in the city. And I know that sounds dark, but that's the reality, dude. What do you What do you think about like the potential? I think just more positive, decky positive a avenue in like looking at twenty sixteen. Decky plus sign. Decky plus. And decky and not, smiles. Decky smiles and decky that, sunshine. And not decky plus size because I work out and that's different, but. 2016. I talked to Matt Weiss this morning. He called me and uh, he said you were at his morning show. His Hell morning yeah, boy, uh, get got down. my shred in. Mm -hmm. At a boy. So okay, so 2016, mm -hmm. like when have you listened to like the Joe Rogan with that uh, girl who studied the Russian bots and how they like were able to put people against each other? And it was just the whole. My whole point is like 2016 was the year where social media was just out of control. And it divided people, mm -hmm. and there were very quick reasonings for just, like, headline grabbing, mm -hmm. clickbait. No one was really getting depth. Mm -hmm. But what I'm already starting to see, especially with politicians, is, like, they really need to, like, unpack over long in long-form conversation. Mm -hmm. Andrew Yang went on Joe Rogan's podcast, nope. and that's when I, I really discovered that. and Or just, like, that potential avenue. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, like, maybe, man, like, what if, what if we were able to really unpack who these people were, what they're really trying to do, and, like, boiling down to what their motives are. They're scared to do that because you go too far down one side, mm -hmm. then you get pinned that on you, and you're forever yeah. that person. Yeah. And as society just holds you there. So that's why you see successful politicians being so surface level on everything. Everything. So then no one can touch them. It's a game. For sure, it's a, it's a it's a game, and that's why like I I know what you're saying like social like somebody, sick. a podcast like we're the podcasters so yeah. we get it, but like politicians aren't going to come on podcasts to discuss political things because mm. they're going to get pinned. They're going to look at it like strictly from a, a but, numbers. Value someone's going to hold that against them, mm -hmm. and when if they yeah. ever chose to do something else, God. that's what's so that's interesting sick. with like the Joe Rogan types. He's getting either independent or left um, uh, politicians on his show. And then 
these right ones, they're like kind of like across the board, they're like surfaced and they won't go in depth about stuff because they'll get exposed. Even Candace Owens, who is, yeah, um, she's right. She went on, but she got exposed with climate change at the very end. It was so a great bad, interview. Yeah. And then it was just terrible. It went off the rails because it's like, if you're not yeah. going to be transparent and you are going to be on a, have a having a biased approach you're gonna get exposed long form mm-hmm. yeah. with with things like this like andrew yang was a great example where he just came he let it all hang out he's got nothing to lose yeah. i kind of learned my lesson having politicians on my show i had mayoral candidate um kim norton who eventually went on and won she's our first woman mayor ever in the med city and she came on and she wouldn't talk about her her um, mayor campaign, mayoral campaign. She wouldn't talk about her competitors. She would only talk about civility. And she is a bipartisan um, candidate. And it's like, dang, Kim, like, I want to talk about who you are. Yeah. It's it's very tough if we, yeah. if we aren't able to talk about what makes you you. Right. I just, I, I don't know. I, and we're, and it, it could be a podcast. It could be long form, but like, I just want more people to hear the conversations. Like I want more people to like really learn and understand who these people are and how you do that is have just like conversations and unpack who they are for an hour or whatever it is. And that's how I personally and most people understand each other. And that's what we were built on doing. Not a lot of people look at it from this macro perspective, but the way people used to spread messages movements and hold held their word oratory was so fucking important that's all you had that's all they had and then once you were able to start writing those words down then they became even more binding because it was physical you could see it it was there right but for the longest time it was just oratory and yeah that's what it is now but it's like it's so surface level. It's so lost and it's, but it's still from like what you do and what we do, it's just having conversations and like turning that into value for other people. I'm telling you, man, like that's so important. That's why I loved Andrew Yang. Granted, like, yeah, he's, he's got some things that maybe I don't agree with, but I respected the hell out of him for just coming on joe rogan and doing that and i didn't know if you were about to cry right there dude no dude you're getting emotional bro no i i just it it just kind of hurts because like i don't know i i've never i'm not really a political guy at no all. it's just disappointing that like the, like conversations are just so binding so, and just so blanketed people like don't like the, the people that don't get it put it that way mm-hmm. in, right in, in a sense of like politically but like when we we can have a free flowing conversation, we've grown the confidence and been able to own what we say and like whatever's out there now. Like I feel so confident that if anyone really listens, they can understand who I am, and right. I'm happy about that. But it, but again, it, like it really didn't start that way. No, though. it didn't. Never started that way. Like the first conversation we had after six weeks of starting this podcast was, "Hey, I don't want to do this shit anymore. It takes too long to record it. it takes too long to." edit down the episode and like i'm not confident in what i'm saying because i don't want people to use that against me employers employers that's what it really when i get a job to. right yeah because we were looking we were in the, the next stages of our life looking for the job right and we're like everyone's making it look out to like social media is the bad thing and yeah. you're gonna get stuck on something that you don't want to be out there right and we were scared and we had had like honest conversation like no let's just be who we are and we're gonna love that product and that was hard to understand at first it was, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was a good product either, though, right? It wasn't. Well, 
It was an honest product. Exactly. It was an honest and it was an authentic product, and that's what it is still to this, to this day. But at the same time, it's like, oh my god, like it was so scary doing that at first, and I now that I'm on this side of like, like now I'm just throwing myself out there, right? And I'm and when people argue against what I'm saying, it's like, okay, three things happened, or one of three things happened. And this happens on LinkedIn all the time. And I hate plugging my LinkedIn, but go hang out on my LinkedIn page. Decky LinkedIn. Decky LinkedIn. Uh, that's another that's another shirt. Um, so like I'll post something controversial or not not even controversial, but someone will either misunderstand what I'm saying, which is then my fault. I gotta then, you know, word what I'm saying better. They have no idea what they're um what they're even believing or what they're putting behind. Or they just they just like don't get it like they're in just a totally different mindset where like they're opposing exactly what you're saying or they're like just totally missing the point altogether mm-hmm. all through the situation examples um oh god uh how about the one how about when like someone yeah, comment you just got, someone gives you a comment of like some controversy or whatever and it's just like they're trying to stir the pot and then deck he just goes well if it was just an 18 playoff we'd all be a, live in a good world 18 playoff. It's all like 18 college, college football, football playoff. playoff. Yeah, I totally turned it on its head. But oh, I there's got to be an example. Come on, that's come pretty good. With. That I was love when you tell me when, or whenever I see those come up, you're like this serious conversation on LinkedIn. We're supposed to be this professional, like st- stupid, like suit and tie social media interaction. And there's me, dude. And it's you, you just being like 18 college playoff solves that all. Yeah, it, it's like uh, why are we arguing about this when there's not an 18 college football playoff and we're we're putting four teams in right now. Like that's unjust, that's you know, unjust. <laughs> but throwing that in there and yeah. people are just, I've had guys reach back to me and be like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for reaching out. Plot twist. <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. But I guess to, to the whole point, it's just like there, there's so much value in just like being yourself and it's amazing. And it's hard for me to understand that in like politicians, not that I would ever really want to run for office. That's mm-hmm. not my thing, but it's just so facade driven. We talked about this, and it seems you got like you guys hit a paradigm shift there somewhat early on now, considered in your guys' podcast life, where you were hesitant on talking about certain things. You were hesitant on going deep or exposing yourself in some way, shape, or form. And now it seems you guys have found a groove and you're tapped in, you're dialed in, you're full fledged. Full steam ahead. It's pretty awesome, and it's it's fun to like we vibe off the things that you're doing, and it's and like when we can catch those things and be like, we got that energy, and then we could feed it into our own product and our own podcast and our own brand. I love what we've surrounded each other with, with like social butterfly and the Lincoln drinks, and that you guys are repping out the the mastermind coming into coming later this year. Like these things are so exciting. It's like we got to find our puzzle piece that like just you drop it in there. Like we're shaping it. We're, we're trying to be that right little form to be like, all right, we belong or we, we can all fit together type thing. And we got to stay on that same war path because it's hard. You get distracted. You have failures. You get fired. You have struggles in your relationship. But it's like, yeah, you can be all that you can lose sight and, and put yourself in self-pity and, 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 not, and not appreciate what you want to get out. But then you can lock in and you can feel what other people are doing and really move forward and really do something with unity. And I think that's something that we've been able to develop just seven months together. How nuts is that? What is it? How nuts is August? that? August? August of 2018 August. was when we met you. Is that eight? Eight. It's four nine, now, so eight months. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38,
February, <laughs> March, April, basically, yeah, April, nine months. And the unity, like you were saying, Andrew, we're like this, we talk about it all the time, our little conglomerate, our little, our little hedge fund we're building here. And it's like a big team, a big team. <laughs> we're a team, guys. Decky Sunshine, bringing, <laughs> bringing up the sprouts, you know. But it's no, it's so cool because like we can kind of beat it, beat it like a dead horse. But at the same time, I think we've just all stayed in the pocket and we've all stayed consistent with what we do. Mm. We've stayed positive. And that's the most important thing, I think, is like, because you know how we audit our circles. Dude, I hate being around buzzkills. Like, I, you know how we're kind of walking down memory road, all these fights I've been in, shit like that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not. That's what's created me. That's what's made me who I am. But Though, it's not like what who you are now. Absolutely, dude. We couldn't even fathom arguing. All we do is laugh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. what is there to fucking argue about? We accept one another for who we are. We're trustworthy. We're accountable. Besides the fact that I had to cancel our last podcast. Sorry, my bad. Uh, but it's it's one of the things where it's like we're just kicking ass in our own life, being positive, and then here we are. And we go through bullshit, we lose jobs, we move on to new jobs, but at the same time, it's like through our six degrees of separation, no, we will make sure, we will see to it that you land on your feet, no matter what. That's the long and the short of it. There is no accepting because high tides raise all ships. So if we got a low tide down there, well, guess what, motherfucker? We got high tides. We're going to raise all ships. I also love it where it's just like, I love... Being able to like talk to you two months later mm-hmm. and just seeing like, oh my God, look what he's doing now. Or Brandon or Giselle or any of these people and just like seeing their growth consistently. And I think that's what's going to get even better about your podcast and our podcast. And as we start, you know, check doing those four or five, six month check ins where it's just like your psyche is always growing, your mental state's always improving because we're all doing something. A consistently, but it's they're all our passion projects. They're all things that we give a shit about and they're all things that we are accountable for and like we're gonna make it as good as we wanna make if we, it. If we didn't want if we didn't it could just be done, right? Right. There's no one saying you gotta do this. Hundred mm-hmm. percent no voluntary. Saying like, hey, if you don't do this, no no no. Something like that. I don't know you know what I mean? Like we own it. It's like, not tied strictly to us living. Like it's just living. Like if we if we're not we're not paying rent with this. We're not surviving. This isn't feeding us. It's not doing anything. It's just making us better people. Yeah, I'd be depressed as shit if I was not able to have conversations and stuff all the time, right? But, like, physically it's not keeping us afloat. It's We're keeping it afloat, essentially. And there, everybody's around doing the same same stuff in their own little passions, and we're all consistent. We're all seeing each other take that notch up just a little bit more clinking their shit like dude you come in this house with I, bling all of a sudden i'm like you never had bling two months ago hey, that's legit your boy made it okay so check this out i have to know how much influence do you guys pull from joe rogan uh, a ton a fuck ton yeah. yeah so much the reason why i ask we can just cut that short because i already knew the answer sure yeah look at what he does with his tree and his roots and his sprouts and his limbs he grows and grows and grows and grows to the point his root system goes out and his limbs go out, his leads and his leaves, and they all just keep sprouting and sprouting and sprouting. Why is that? When we keep that energy of, I, I, 
unconditionally want you to win. No matter what, the party saying that will never lose. And when we're always the party saying, I want you, how can I help you win? I want you to win. That's all I want for you is for you to win. Kind of like what we were talking about. the you, When you make it in life, you realize the hero's journey is just the give back. <laughs> no, I live to give back. I was telling you about my mentors. All they do, like you go to their offices and they're in their buildings or whatever that they fucking own. And all they're doing, yeah, their day is like whatever their money making machine is going on around them. But their life is the give back. It's like, okay, this foundation, I got to be at this meeting for this, uh, this grant proposal, shit like that. And it's like, oh, that is life. The give back. And when you can give back like Joe Rogan does, which is why I asked to all of his people, his collective Look at them now. They're all on Netflix. Andrew Santino goes on his show and Brendan Schaub's show. And all of a sudden, boom, fucking his podcast is up there on the charts. Same thing with Theo Vaughn. Like, look at what happens when we endorse one another. We all win. That is the beauty of this life we live. We've won. We've already fucking won. This thing doesn't pay our bills, but guess what? We've won. This is life. We're killing it. And I'm not fluffing us up. I'm saying spiritually, we have won. It's and it's so and there's so many times where again, you like we, we said earlier, like that blabber will move out the pocket and you gotta realize what you got in front of you and you gotta hone mm. it back in because that blabber does have some validity to it. Like don't lose your train of thought, man. Don't go too far out there. You they gotta have some chaos to push yourself forward. Don't get too comfortable. Yep. And then you bring it back in the pocket and then you can look around each other and you got that support system. You got that unity. And we're just, again, creating that momentum to move forward. It's insane. It's really insane. I think about it like from just what we've created in almost a year. Uh, from just like Declan, and I, you've been killing it for longer. But Declan and I, from, for, about, for about a year now, we've really focused in on the back pocket. Yeah. And uh, it's been incredible to grow on that aspect and then grow with other people and see like just how things work. Yeah. And I, in our like commitment now to like just kind of patience is so much fun. Like I'm so presently happy that nothing really can push me away from, you know, getting overly anxious. Yeah, I get anxious about, you know, maybe a post tonight or something, this, that, and the other, and things happen. But just, like, always be presently happy and understanding where I'm at in my season of life, right? Like, I can definitely look at the 30-year-olds and the entrepreneurs and the amazing people we have on our podcast and just be in, like, one way you could look at it and be like, like, shit, why am I, like, why... Why can't I be that right now? Or like look at a Joe Rogan and be like, why can't I be the best comic, have the best comedy podcast in the world, be the co-owner of on it, have all this money and all this stuff in the world. Why can't I like, why can't I have that now? It's like, but I'm also just the happiest person that uh, hopefully one day that could be me. Right. Mm -hmm. It it, kind of just blows my mind. And I, I don't know. I, Oh God, I just want to, I just want to fucking do this all the time. Like I want to figure out how we could like automate it to the point where you said like you got all those guys with the big bucks and like their, their own facilities and like all this stuff. And like the the time that they have now is they want to spend it giving because that's the most fulfilling thing. 
Time is right now. Time is right now. We're making things happen. Yeah. Don't, like you want, you can automate it, right? You could get there, but how awesome is it that we're here right now? Yeah. Well, I was saying automating, like these guys worked their asses off. Like Tim Ferriss talks about automation, how important that is to living that new life he talks about. That's what not allowed, fast, that's what allowed him to travel. That's what He's, allowed him yeah. to travel and do all those other things. So oh, I'm saying. I thought, thought automate meant fast forward. I miss. No, no, no. Automating is a. Is is like your annuity, Andrew. Gotcha. Your, your money, like your, your money printer. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, if you yeah. can build something where it runs without you, like remember the great Tracy Call story on Chris Lindell's podcast where she left for a whole month to go travel and she came back. Tim Ferriss does the same thing. Tim Ferriss does the same exact thing and talks yeah. about automation and how you can basically work like it's the basis of the four hour work week. You can't prove your business and, right. until you remove yourself from your business. Right, and then but again. He's what to what do you spend your time with at that point? You're a salesman trying to build your company and investors and doing all these things for years on end, not getting any fucking sleep, grinding your ass off, finding the next avenue, and then you find that automation, that twenty percent that makes your eighty percent, right? And you triple down on that and then that becomes over time your automation. That automated income and then you can finally fucking do that full time well you're talking about t-shirts there are guys who do it on uh their shopify or their um yeah drop shipping these printful these printful stores where they create in a matter of like six months they create four shirts that go viral in a nutshell and they base it around seasons so when you base it around season seasons you make a funny ass father's day shirt and then a funny ass mother's day shirt or vice versa i forgot which one comes First, I should Mother's, know. Mother's, Mother's Day is in May. I'm a dad yeah. now. Yeah, Mother's Day is next weekend. Father's Day is always the U.S. Open. Oh, dude, clutch. Okay, so <laughs> I always watch no, that with my dad. No, but anyways, <laughs> anyways, then a then a clever Fourth of July shirt, and you just base them around seasons. Motherfuckers are making six figures just doing that. Yeah, and you always got your cat loving shirt like uh-huh. on the Rolodex to yep. keep the steady income. Yeah, if you need that, that's your that's your cash cow, right? Yeah, easy. Decky kitty cat, baby. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, like it could be Decky Sunshine. Should we just do Shopify? Full blown. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean that's what you would do. I mean Decky Sunshine would be a great summer hitter. You'd start rolling that out around now, and then have that roll out, and then you know Decky Autumn comes around. Decky color changer, you know. There's different, all kinds of different stuff we can work. Adding in that drop shipping through, say, like a printful, it's uh, your margin is way less. Mm, um, But you're sacrificing less is more there because that's your automator right there. Like your freaking free time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Cha ching, cha ching. It's money being printed from the sky. Doesn't matter. It's just a matter of a hopping website and mother suckers. You don't know order in your shit. That's called growth and development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if if we're talking, if we're talking about just monthly income, like you can take that. That'll buy some flights as long as you run your you run your funnels correctly, and you actually just tap into a vein that wants that Mm -hmm. supply and demand. It's targeting it's cliche business you know like if you got people who want your shit and you put it in front of their face it's like throwing shit at a wall not all of it's gonna stick but as long as some of it does there's your money falling out of the sky and you're good to go and that allows you to build another thing so like what i've been focused on and andrew um you heard uh us talking with caleb earlier about these things we're putting into place to capitalize multiple times with our operation we saw we left money on the table with Gary V last year, 
but I wouldn't have known what I left on the table had we not failed um, while succeeding forward. And that's the same thing with what we're doing now. And Decky, off air, you're going to hear about a lot of this and you'll be involved in it where it's like we're setting ourselves up so we all can be a part of something greater than ourselves while being able to do whatever the fuck we want whenever we want because I believe in the fantasy factory model. Let's have fun while living a successful and fruitful life. Like, isn't that a win? Right there to be young, successful, and on a yacht. I'm sorry, I'm not a materialistic motherfucker, but when you're able to ching 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 while being able to afford my alpha brain on a monthly basis, travel, see to it that my daughter gets to go to the best schools, that my wife gets to work a 32 while keeping our insurance instead of having to enslave to Big Blue for 40 plus hours a week. That's a win for all of us. Because as long as I have more time, we're all winning. Same thing with you. As long as Decky has more time, as long as Andrew has more time, where I can come over to your guys' house while I'm in the Twin Cities multiple times a week at 1 o'clock in the afternoon instead of everyone being enslaved to 5 p.m.? Yeah. Fuck all that, dude. Because you should be going to your Endgame movie at a matinee so we can go have a beer and fucking chop it up late at night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of being enslaved to, nope, yeah. got to work till then. And then I got to hit the seven o'clock movie or the nine o'clock movie because Uncle Sam don't allow that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, so like what you're talking about, a t-shirt idea is one. But what we're building, what we're building, this empire we're building, people ain't ready for it. Well, and one more thing, like. Now I'm just getting cocky. Mm. I would, you're getting real. He's getting, he's getting deep. I would say the, uh, oh, come on, Deck. God damn it. Say it out your dirty mouth. Say it with your heart. We've learned, like, okay, so <laughs> the the biggest thing that I was thinking about the other day was like, oh, if I just didn't have my nine to five job, what would I do with my life? But now I look at it more of like, we've been actively practicing, like, great mindfulness and how to be productive and to maximize your day that like the the thing you were hitting on was just like time is everything dude and like that's the value it's not the more it's not the money that comes on the back of that it's just the access to time you then have as you get older you realize it even more and more you start even in my early 30s with you and like i see my young cats right where, oh my God, like you've made it in your, in your, what, with what you've done with your life so far, you've made it to where you're supposed to be. But at the same time, butterflies don't start as butterflies. Because right now, if we are in a nine to five, technically we're still in a fucking cocoon if we don't see that as our end game. Right, it's all it's all perspective. It's all perspective. You're a butterfly with respect to your 15 year old self. Yeah, no matter what, like respect yeah. of two years from now. And even now, I'm in a cocoon. Yeah. Even if I think I'm free now, I'm still in a cocoon. It's the humility to understand yeah. that you're in a cocoon, but you have the mindset of a butterfly. Dan Bolzerian, some way, shape, or form, Dan Bolzerian is still in some form of a cocoon. It might be because I don't think he's a dad. He might maybe because he's not a parent. That might be keeping him in a cocoon. But maybe he doesn't want to be a parent, so then that would throw that off of that land or that scape. So he's like some way, shape, or form, Dan Bolzerian still has more to accomplish. 
And I think as long as we stay hungry in that regard, dude, I envy my friends who work nine to fives right now. At the same time, there are more arenas why I don't envy them. But I still envy, like, you got a college degree and you are an engineer at a building firm, correct? Yeah. You guys have a big project you've been working on at the airport for a while. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, you can legally. See. Okay. Yeah. No HIPAA. No HIPAA violations. Yeah, these are all. These are all just FASA approved. But still, like I no, there are parts FASA. of that. Parts of that. Me personally, I envy that. I think that's fucking awesome, dude. Because like from A to Z, you're seeing a project through, and you're playing a huge role in it. Oh, dude, dude, just looking at the value of anything that you're doing in mm-hmm. your life, like envy those opportunities. Like I could be pissing and moaning about how i have to go here and can't do back pocket stuff full time but then i go ahead and say oh pcl is my biggest sponsor pcl is the biggest sponsor of the podcast that could ever give me and they're giving me and contributing to my happiness because i don't have to worry about being meant or uh like i don't have to worry about um being uh stable with my money like the or the money i'm being provided by them is making me stable which is contributing to my happiness i'm less stressed out about making certain benchmarks and it's like it's the best fucking thing ever, mm-hmm. right? Do I wish I had more time to go to comedy? Do I wish I had more time to do this or that? Absolutely, but again, back to that patience aspect where it's like, oh man, I love that I'm able to ride this wave because I know at some point it changes, man. I just spent a weekend with um, a former engineer at the FDA for 25 years, and he's not gonna he's not gonna deny the fact that it didn't set him up. To be set up right now, like he's he's there, and that's because he busted his ass for twenty five years as an engineer for an organism that's never gonna die. Yeah, and he's good to go, and he was relied upon, and that is something where it's like that right there is uh, you've served some sort of a purpose, which not many can say. Being at one place for twenty five years, it's fucking insane in my eyes. Yeah. But at the same, like, I even look at, you know, most people who are at some place that long, their soul gets sucked out of them. And especially, could you fathom being somewhere for 25 straight fucking years? If you loved it. But, like, I'm talking about. That's a little scary. Working for the man, though. Like, holy shit. And, like, not working for yourself and, like, dictating your own schedule. Dude, that's soul sucking. I couldn't even fathom that. I think it's just different for different people. Yeah. It is. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I could ever do that myself. Without owning your own. Without doing something know. that's, like, ultimately fulfilling. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that just love being, like, the cog in the wheel in the system yeah. and doing it better than everybody else. Like, being the best FDA engineer for 25 years, and after 25 years, you're confidently and objectively the best engineer. That's fucking dope, right? People want to strive to do those things, right? But then, and like they have to get their mental processes down to be the best, right? They're, it's just a different path, in my opinion. But like for us, it's like that path is like you're you're taking something on that has monetary value and it's a personal thing to you now. Or like for like both personal, right? And that's that's now our challenge. And now we're obsessed with it. That's our little thing that we want to see it, those eggs hatch. Those are little pokeballs, dude, right? So, like, those, it's it's just, it depends on how you look at it. It's impossible for you to look at it with your own company having gone through those things to be like, oh, leaving it and going and working somewhere else, right? 
the perspective is just totally different. I think there's just different types of people and what they actually want to do. Dude, it's I, finding that though, right? Yeah. It's finding that. I I look. I, I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, there is something to finding your spot in the wheel and making it go round. But there is something that like a lot of those people did was they became the reason why the wheel was moving, um, or they they built the wheel, and and they are that their whole they they that's the entrepreneurial. You're not working for the man anymore. You. Yar the man. Yeah, yar the man. Yar, dude. I was at. I like seeing engineers become artists. I was at this wood, this wood carvers conference last year. What um, a thing! What a weird flex. Yeah, it was <laughs> actually, sick. That's funny you said that. It was like last June, and I, <laughs> it was last June, man. You know, I, I I had you know I had a McDonald's earlier that day, and for some reason, you know, people were on me about you know meeting up and hanging out and i was like let's just go to this wood dude, carving event my wife brought Last it up June. to me i don't know dude i got i got party invites that day dude i had like a yoga class to run i had like my kid had just been born and it was like oh, i got all these things on my toe and then my buddy hits me up he's like hey man you want to go to a wood carving factory i said yeah, man, this wood carving last June, man. Count me in. No, but anyways, <laughs> I ran into these two engineers, former IBM engineers, and they created just phenomenal art with wood. And really, yeah, but amazing. it was like them coming out of their cocoon um, to a new discovery. You know, old time engineers, and it was just they experienced a new form of life by exerting their energy in a different way. And that's something I think we all can do on a daily basis is we all can have this self-discovery that takes us down a different lane. And we owe it to ourselves to find those nooks and crannies within our spirit to fully capitalize on what this thing called life is. You think it, you think, I love that, man. That's got to be a fucking Instagram video, I bet. But the, uh, and you know when, when you see one, when you create nine of them a week, but <laughs> that was one. Um, so do you think it, there's, I think there's kind of a paradigm shift. Like Gary V talks about it a little bit where like it's so hot to be an entrepreneur right now. It's the cool thing to it's do. It's the cool thing to do, right? But that was never really a thing too much because you were so Well, if you're trying to be cool, you're not in it. You're not being an entrepreneur. If you're into becoming right. an entre- entrepreneur because you think it's cool, you're, you're not in it for the you're right reason. No, you're not even in it. You're not even you're not in even, it. You're not an entrepreneur. Correct. I don't. I don't care if you what you're doing. I don't care if you're self-sufficient. You're not an entrepreneur. Correct. What we're doing isn't cool. Yeah. What we're doing is great. Do you it, guys remember? Cool degrades the word entrepreneur. Yeah. When we were on, when I was on stage with Gary, and I was talking to him about entrepreneurialism around the time we were about to do the Generation Hero thing, and we were talking about entrepreneurial depression, and that's where Gary kind of cut me off, and he's like. Not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur. And then we've um, further heard him talk about how if you want to just have a hashtag entrepreneur on your Instagram or in your info, in your bio, dude, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Not to mention, chances are good. You ain't it. And that's the thing. Like growing up in small business with my parents owning businesses, there was never a time where like they just did this. Like when you wear it as your identity, you're already in it for the wrong reasons and chances are good. You ain't that. And that's kind of like, I don't go around brandishing myself as a podcast. I have conversations and yes, they are recorded, but it doesn't fucking matter. And I was talking to someone last week about this. 
and it was oh yeah it was during this um this podcast conference i was helping people these guys out with and they had me speak and i told them when you get past the point of having interviews that's when you've won yeah when you get past the point of where i gotta sit here and ask decky question after question after question i've already lost what's the point why aren't we talking because that's the most natural form of communication is when you feel it when you're in the pocket and you know we're having productive communication we got it dialed in i don't want to sit here on my show or your show and have us asking questions let's just go further into thought absolutely and that was like one transition that andrew and i made uh probably a little over a year ago was like you know yeah, like having the question list on our phone and like asking questions made going us back and forth. Made us comfortable. Like, you know, you write the questions to your guest you s- or for your guest, you send them to them and they know the questions. And then like, I was so weirded out know. when you guys did that. Not because it wasn't professional, but it, I laughed my ass off. I was like, <laughs> these motherfuckers think I'm about to abide by this shit. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Right. Well, that was one of the first times. I think there may be one or two before that. Yeah. That we truly embraced a conversation and we just were all in to the present moment having a conversation with you and we didn't i don't think we looked at our phones one time for like that question list we really believed in what we were talking and just and guiding it through you know kind of um uh in in making our input and then following it up with just kind of like a an area for something to be built up built on right if you were listening you were listening but you were able to deliver something that someone else can relate to and build off of that's another part that's very hard to do yeah you can be as relatable as you want and you can understand and you can listen and follow up with something but if you can't finish that point with something that's viable to expand upon then it's just silence and then you're asking the next question empathizing through conversation is an art and building off of like uh, thought patterns. So I ha- it's kind of like an ebb and flow within who the hell Andrew is. And I like that because I, you know, like as conversationalists, we love to learn about our guests. We love to learn about people as a whole. And oftentimes that's why like I like to test myself. I went through a phase of bringing in Asian guests because I want to learn more. I need to figure out. You're curious. I'm curious and the juice behind their loyalty as a culture. And I want to know more of that because I want to grow as a human being. And when they start talking and I'm able to kind of be a uh, have my existence be a cousin to yours because there is empathy throughout it where we have we might have grown up as a farm boy and a city slicker. But somewhere through conversation, we will get to the point where. We have an equal ground and it's like, oh my gosh, we're the same person. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't and, matter if you're from fucking Colorado and you grew up stroking your dick to the avalanche. Well, you do sometimes have to. Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh. Until I was 13, I called him Patrick Roy mm-hmm. and y'all know why. It was spelled fucking Roy, dude. Yeah, there was no wah to it. They're like, wah, dude? Like, hit me with a W-A-H or wah. That's Not so, fucking that, R-O-Y, that's dude. That's just like so hockey though, right? Like, there's so many names out there, I feel like, that are just... Lemieux. Yeah, Lemieux. Lemieux. It's great. Yeah. Very French. Very French. But another great piece of, like, being a, uh, a conversationalist and, like, and having your own show where you got you to gotta be the, the leader of it 
is being the John Stockton to the Colorado Malone. So we have to we have to deliver a pass to our guest and and make sure they're open to shoot that ball. We can't we can't put them in a double team early and then that flow and that vibe is hurt because force they, them to call a timeout. Force them to call a timeout and then they're rattled and they don't know what to say and they're not comfortable. Right. That's what gets weird when you have first time podcast guess where they've never been on a podcast before it's like oh shit now we have to control the paint control the paint control the paint stay in the pocket motherfucker stay in the pocket Mm -hmm. and then you kind of like give them easy assists or it's like it's a it's a slow pitch softball game as opposed to freaking brad radke up on up on the mound you know what i'm saying or Mm -hmm. no that's randy johnson randy johnson we gotta go go randy fucking johnson johnson so between you two, who's Scottie Pippen? Who's Michael Jordan? Wait, Ooh. no, Michael. You mean Malone? No, no. I said oh, Scottie Jordan. Pippen, Michael Jordan. Sir. Oh, Scottie. Pippen. Oh, I get it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You're bigger than. Are you both Steve Kerr? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it depends. It, take- it honestly fucking depends, though. Like, it. There are times where it's like, we need like we need structure. We need context. We need we need to try different lanes. So like one thing you were talking about. And I'm getting to why Andrew would be the Michael Jordan in this case. So, humble, humble, young and humble, mm-hmm. dude. I can I can bounce it right back but, right away, and he will, and he will. But what I'm saying is like Dean Kilby, John Abraham. Yeah, I'm your Scottie Pippen the whole time. Yeah, I got. I'm, I'm not. I don't have the big enough brain or in that field to drive that conversation. Right. So I'm giving you the softball like added comedy aspect, and you drive home the 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 whole the the point exactly. But you're you're doing this all the time too, Nick, where it's like not only have they never been on a podcast before, not only have they never heard themselves speak before, and not have they not only have they really never told their story, but at the same time you don't even fucking really know this person. So like a lot of the times it's like you're testing what they want to talk about. You're testing to try and find their passion, right? You're trying to test exactly what they can talk about and what they want to talk about. Mm. Because when they can, that's a good fucking podcast. And that is what falls within the framework of what we're trying to do right find what you're what you love to do and share that with the world be that influence right and andrew does a fucking awesome job when that guest comes in for the first time and we're breaking the ice andrew's the guy who says okay bring me back to this stage give me this context give me this thing and then here i am on the back end just being able to simply sit like this and listen and be like okay where is this person right now? What are they doing? I've done some research. I know this much about them. But then they give me something I'm like, okay, boom, jump right in, ask them. Sometimes they're like, well, why are you asking me that? Other times they're like, all right, let's go. And so that, I don't know, that's that's kind of like what it is like between us, I would say. Mm-hmm. But then there's other times where like, it even happens with me. We're like, I don't even fucking realize it. And then Andrew's like, ask me the question. Like my favorite Instagram video that I posted was, when it's like, where do you want to be in 10 years? Lars from Yam House asked me that. And I was like, bullshit, Nick, kind of. Here's what I want to do. Blah, blah, blah. Andrew goes, well, what are some of those things that you want to do? <laughs> and I'm like, I want to fucking do stand-up comedy. And like from that day on, like a couple months later, that's when I really started. But I know personally, if I would have never said that and like, Hold myself accountable. Like if I'm saying on my fucking podcast that billions of people listen to, I got to go do it, right? So stuff like that. Yeah. I'm gonna start a new segment. It's called breastfed or formula. (laughs) 
Decky, we're going to start with you. Okay. Because I think I know Andrews. Decky, breastfed or formula? Yeah, breastfed for sure. But do we know this for sure? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Because I kind of want to call your mom right now. Okay. You just want to call my mom. Just ask her. We got to call her and ask her if you were breastfed or formula oh, fed. no way, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, my mom's at work for sure. I don't know about that. I'll, te- I'll shoot her a text, see where she's at. She's I just mean, in the car. Let's just call her. Cold call? Mm. Fuck. <laughs> Look at him. I want to put my guess in these kind of moments right here. Mm-hmm. Breast- where you have to put her on speakerphone. Be like, Mom. Was I sucking on your titties? Oh, my God. Or was I not? All right. Be honest with me. What's the root? Like, can I follow it up with, like, uh, some deep meaning so she's not like, are you just on another podcast again? No, just say, Mom, I'm really into my brain development, and I want to know. The doctor needs to know for 23 and Me. Was I breastfed <laughs> or formula fed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell her that. Yeah. Tell her 23 and Me for sure. Yeah, 23 and Me. Is that coming in all right? Yes. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Mom? Hey. Hey, quick question for you. Um, was I breastfed or formula? Well, mostly breastfed, but then you did have formula. Oh, okay. That's sweet. I literally just got asked that on the podcast, and it was like leaving me curious, and I didn't know whether or not I was or not. Is it like, is there a difference when you when you studied it? Was it like, does formula have certain advantages or breastfed has certain advantages? How does it work? Well, breast is best, but, you know, so you have to do formula. They try to match it as close, but it will never be exactly, you know. It will never be your mom's milk, put it that way. Right. It's supposed to be, like, you know, totally matched to you. So you do your best, and sometimes you can, or people work and things. Obviously, formula will do just as well, but, like, breast is best, supposedly. So All right. Every every doctor will say that, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Breast is best. All right. I'll give you a call back in a little bit. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Way to go, Maureen. God, she crushed. She I crushed knew she'd it. come through. Mama Decky with yeah. the assist. Yeah, all right. Let's see if Mama and Sarah's got what she's got. Oh, well, you already know, though. Nick thinks she's... He already knows. <laughs> she better pick up. I swear to God. Otherwise, we're calling my mom. Moms always pick up on the first ring. Hey, give me my phone. We'll call my mom, too. She better fucking pick up. Okay, we're calling my mom. All right. She better pick up. I already know what she's going to say because my IQ is low. Hello. Hi, mom. Hi. I have a question. What? Um, I am concerned about uh, whether or not you breastfed me or formula fed me as a child which one was it formula you formula fed me yep did you not care about my brain function nicholas 
back then they were saying you should breast or you should bottle feed. No, another mom just told me breast is best. Another mom told you breast is best? Yeah, that's what I heard because it's closer to your child's DNA structure. Well, that isn't what they were telling us 30 years ago. Mom, don't you remember when you were in the 70s you were part of the titty committee? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I could have sworn you were swinging them things my way. Gosh, how are you going to sell me short like that, Mom? Get over it. Most of the kids your age were bottle fed. Were bottle fed? Yeah. Oh, really? I was bottle fed. That explains why we all came out a little bit slow. Out of the valley. Might have been the water, too. All right, big titty committee, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. God, I love your mom. Yeah, your mom was not taking your shit, dude. Yeah, Yeah, she fucking called me out. How crazy is that a decade separate, just totally flip the switch. Damn, dude, breast is best. That was the thing in the 90s, and then you, unfortunately, had to be uh, brought up in the 80s. Yeah, because I was late 80s. Yeah. And it's fucked up because... um, Damn, that's fucked up. We uh, breastfed our daughter for the first year. And, hey, did she text you back, Andrew? No. Um, We did it just because of brain function. We want our child to function properly. Andrew's pissed over here. It's like, like, thank God I had a smart grandpa. (laughs) That's all I meant. Thank God. Um, Andrew, so, like, since your mom neglected you, um, what do you think? Were you breastfed? Yes. Yep, yep. I can tell. You definitely have a, like a 120 plus IQ. Mm. Is that like, well, hold on. Is that like an actual thing? Like people that were breastfed are just like more knowledgeable people? Well, yeah. I mean, through our Is research, that a thing? through me and my wife's research oh, okay. and everything we read and talking to our doctors, yeah, it's it's the best to, as long as you can, um, breastfeed your kids and check this out. This is really how I know. My cousin is a nanny. She's been a nanny for a couple sets of doctors in this last set for like the last eight years. They're both doctors at down in Big Blue, okay? She is one of the leading um, uh, skin doctors on the planet, the fucking planet. But she's also borderline autistic, which is a lot of brilliant people are borderline autistic, brilliant inventors. This woman breastfed all of her kids up until the age of like four. Oh, dude. Game of Thrones style? Game of Thrones style. To the point she would pull them out of things while they're like out of diapers and shit to come suck on them things. No but But she did it because... The nourishment and the vitamins and the full-blown AIDS that they were going to be getting from them. Pepperonis. Yo. Sending it sideways, dude. dude. That blows my mind a little bit. Did those kids, did those kids at least grow up into like... They're Einsteins. Einsteins. One of them is deaf and the oldest one's autistic. Like hardcore autistic. Uh, Great people. So, (laughs) They're great people. Yeah, they're great people. I hope that no one took that sarcastically. Yeah, no, they're, they're great people. Yeah. That's that's insane. Well, I don't know, like, 
kind of goes against their point. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could, but maybe, <laughs> maybe the more milk coming from mama, the closer to brilliance you can get because autistic people, they, they are like, they're like hidden gems in the form of the way their mind works and um how uh they're basically rain people they're rain people and they can they're really good at chess they're rain people rain people i was just gonna say they're fucking brilliant i wasn't gonna say rain man i was gonna say rain, rain man people. Mm-hmm. rain people we're gender neutral it's 2019 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got woken up to that the other day when uh i was working out and Someone called them, you know, the work workout man makers where it's like a row, a row, a push up, and then you get up and you do like a, a thruster. Yeah. Those are called man makers. Okay. Break People it down. Makers hold on. Now. Hold on. Hold on. Row. Row. So, okay. You're, you're, gonna, you're, you're in a push up. Push up position with two dumbbells. Yep. Yep. One row with your right arm. Yep. Push up. One row with your left arm. Push up. Okay. Then you jump up um, and then. Your feet go in between your hands. Yep. In between your hands. You then jump clean up. It. Clean your. Um dumbbells okay. and then press it okay that's one it's called a man maker called a man maker it's now called people maker though it's now called a people maker yep i don't even i think you shouldn't even call them people you should no it's called avatar creators avatar creators mm-hmm. god damn it that's are you what turning it blue in the face because you darn well should be yeah these things are hard yeah and, and you're going to walk out a little taller after you completed them. Yeah. And Less I don't care gravity. how good a shape you're mm-hmm. in. They're going to make you feel like you're out of shape. And again, back to being blue. Bro, that's... Man, I love it when people hit me with freaking new workouts. That's a tough one. It's man. not easy, yeah. That's Matt Weist putting us through the ring. Matt Weist. Oh, here we go. My mom's going. Okay. All right. Thank God. Now we can finally get on with this podcast. Hey, Mom. Hey, honey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was just at Emerson's having a glass of wine with Mrs. Laney and oh. Mrs. Herb. Oh, awesome. I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Was I breastfed or was it formula? Uh, you were breastfed. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a question that came up on the 23andMe thing, and I was just curious. Holy shit. What? Yeah. I had a... Yeah. I didn't... Do you do you know why did you do you remember why you chose breastfed? Um, I just thought it was I don't know it was healthier for you guys and it was um you I you I breastfed the let's see trying to think how long not very long ooh okay well breast is best mom we always remember that breast is best honey for sure. Um, it didn't, you know, it, you know, you with your whole, you know, digestive, gagging, whole situation, it wasn't an easy thing. So it wasn't very long. <laughs> Yo, you bagged it. You, you yeah. said it's too much. You gave up her. Totally bagged it because you were killing me. So maybe, maybe two or three months. Okay. <laughs> awesome, Mom. Well, thank you so much. I'll call you back um, in a little bit. You, no. What are you doing on 23 and me? I'm I'm trying to learn the ways of of my my life, you mom. Trying to find siblings out there? No. <laughs> mom, that's not it at all. Unknown siblings. I told you what happened to Scott. <laughs> you did. I know that's not what my intentions what are. What happened to Scott? That's not where you're 
<laughs> no, Bob. I'm just trying to learn about the roots. Okay, just to make sure you're not going to get a call in 30 years that you have a child out there. Yes. That's not my... Yeah, that's what happened to Scott. But it's always good to put it out there because just in case. Correct. Absolutely. All right. Oh, my God. You're killing me. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, Mom. Love you. Love you, too. Yo, that's no, my no, mom. That was awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, this is the best segment ever. Yeah, this what, is sick. What happened to Scott? Uh, Scott is my grandma. So that's his cousin. He is forty. He is just, no, he's sixty years old, and he's got five kids: three with one um, with his previous wife, and two with his current wife. And he got a call uh, like oh, three weeks ago saying. Uh, you were my dad and 30 years old uh the, the the child was 30 years old now a full adult you're my dad and he, and she and she said like what the uh who it was who's the mom and like the time frame and she's like yes i'm your dad and like and, and he thought that um they separated uh, because she was going to get an abortion if that's and they separated because she wanted to do that, and then she did not, and she put her, she got, she had the baby and put it up for adoption. Scott, was, that was the story that I've heard. Scott was swinging that sausage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a crazy one. Scott mm-hmm. was sending it in the late '80s. He better check and make sure that baby was breastfed. Bro, your mom, she perfect timing by the way. She had just gotten back from happy hour with her ladies. So she, Mrs. Herb, this is wait until Mrs. Herb hears this now, because you yeah. know Carol's on the phone with Mrs. Herb mm-hmm. right now. This is great. That was gravy, dude. I that was I just came up with that segment, but I think it's something we all need to have translate. We're so pro mom. Yeah. By the like that just needs to be known. Like I love my mom, mm-hmm. and we clearly have like awesome. Moms. Well, look at how real our moms get with us. Yeah. Yeah. You right know? away. <laughs> right away. They were handing it out. <laughs> Damn. My mom kind of was like, yeah, I breastfed you. And yeah. then and then Andrew's mom wouldn't even let him hang up the phone. Like, Andrew's mom was, like, ready to go. And then, or Andrew was ready to roll. And she was like, what the frick about this 23 and me, big boy? What about Scott? What about <laughs> Scott? Yeah, she threw the Scott hitter out there. That took a turn. Uh, <laughs> yo, how about her just saying she dumped, she dumped me off the breastfed after three months because I had digestive <laughs> issues. <laughs> Bro, you're so feeble. Everyone knew that that you had a weak stomach, oh, which was feeble, nice. dude. Damn, she was divulging. Yeah, she was like, she was just being honest. Like uh, at that moment, I wouldn't have held it against you if you hung up. <laughs> it just got awkward when you came. But what? What was she gonna say? No, Andrew. What was she gonna say? Nothing. 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 Just Nothing. Get all the he, he's over there farting. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I. I God damn it. Nothing. Oh. Okay, so boys, like, before I let you go, we got to go into the greatest inventions. So, um, oh, yeah. And now, uh, the world's greatest inventions brought to you by the big boys at the Back Pocket Podcast. We're going to start with you, Decky. All right. Um, go I'm going to go a different route. I think I'm going to just create a couple things that I want to see happen. Okay. Um, first one. Engineer Decky. Yeah, first mm-hmm. one would be a uh, phone case that keeps your phone heated. So when you're out in those Minnesota cold and you want to use your phone like we always do, it could just uh, heat your phone. Um, that was that was my idea. I I, I actually have, I go even more in depth in it if you want me to, but I, I that's that's the basis of it. Doubles as a hand warmer. Yeah, it could use the heat from your hand to warm your phone. Absolutely. Oh, 
All right. Now you're getting into science. Innovation. Yeah. yeah. I would use phase change polymers to uh, u- basically heat the phone. You can basically have it last for six hours and hold a certain temperature, like a plastic could hold a certain temperature. And uh, yeah, you, could, you would have to just do some quick heat transfer to figure out so how what temperature would have to be in like an ambient temperature of minus 20. So what, quicker you blink, the hotter it heats up or what? No, no, no. So phase change polymer is, um, there are, a, a polymer is a strand, of multiple strands of carbon put together. And when you add certain molecules and certain elements to it, um, it changes slowly from, as it cools or heats up, changes from basically a solid to a liquid. But during that time, um, it can ho- there's poly- these phase change polymers can hold a certain phase for a long time. Oh, phase. Phase okay. changing. So these things can hold a certain temperature for like six hours. So you would be inside with your phone at 70 degrees and you'd have this phase change polymer hold it at 60 degrees so when you went outside it would cool down to that 60 and it would hold 60 degrees for six hours and then drop off right but then to get it back all you have to do is heat it back up to 70 you gotta walk back inside right does that make does that make sense so you mm-hmm. guys follow me on this yeah so that's how i would design the phone is you would just make a plastic phone out of phase change polymer and you would basically um have it hold it at a certain temperature but you would have to figure out the heat transfer between it so you'd have to know that the apple iphone operates best um, the, at its coldest temperature is 32 degrees. So you have to go, okay, it's minus 20 outside. It's 32 degrees to have this phone. What temperature needs to be applied directly to it in order to keep that phone at least 32 degrees? Would it be 52 or would it be more than 52? Um, More than 52 degrees. Mm-hmm. So you'd need to... To find a happy medium? So would it be like 84? It would be like 80-something. 80 80-something. Which means you'd have to change your approach of you can just walk out of your house... At 70 degrees, you'd have to, like, put it in, like, boiling water or, like, microwave it before you went outside. And then you would put it on and it would hold that temperature, essentially. Oh. One time at this party, this douchebag named Will Lopez, who ended up being a nice guy, he took my phone and he threw it in the freezer, bro. Oh. Fucking douchebag. Done. And he took a drink of my Corona. Things uh. like this, I'll never forget, bro. Yeah. yeah. When they're pulling maneuvers. Okay, that was one invention. We're gonna. You got two more, Andrew. I just got one, and it's because I'm not necessarily up, and I don't know if I'm taking it the right way, but who cares? And two, because I'm not a product creative thinker. Um, the thing that I would like to create would be the thing that I'm struggling with probably the most right now. And that has to be with not like I have a mindset too consistently that says um, you need to be like punished for like, you have to mentally punish yourself to get over it Mm -hmm. and you have to like, like beat yourself down. And then once you see the light, then you can get out. And it's 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 gotten too too negative where it's like no you don't need to beat your ass up and it's like it's okay that this is stuff is happening and you can use these things that's what we were talking about earlier the past right it's shaped you to who you are today so love that about yourself and then sit in the present and um, become and start making strides to what you want to do and stuff like that mm-hmm. so if I could create something along the lines of like what we're kind of doing on the podcast and I hope we're doing on the podcast, an environment, a community, a culture, 
uh, a support system that has these type of ingrown um, standalone pillars, um, that would be excellent. And, you know, at the same time, you got to treat it with so much um, almost humor and humility to just like, you know, sit back. It's okay, dude. It's like one step at a time. Like I, I, I get overly serious and then I get just serious enough to get something done. And then I, and then sometimes I'm not serious enough and I lose my train of thought. And it's all this, we've been hammering it today. And Jordan Peterson talks about it best. You got your chaos and you got your order. You got to find that balance because you're going to be drifting left and right all day long. And if you can just hone it in, whenever it's going out of place, then you're doing something right because it's going to kick back out the other way in the next 10 seconds. I don't know what the solution is, but we just got to, we've been talking about it and holding these conversations are a great step. So let's unwrap that pillar. I'm glad you said that great invention, whatever the fuck it was. (laughs) (laughs) The pillar guy. Pillar guy. No, Say we unwrap that pillar picture like an avatar movie where this pillar it's cancer free 5g and it drops a package of vitamins down. Lots of agua. We can suckle on the agua. Um, ecstasy. It drops down ecstasy. That you can only take like once a week. Gotta have that too. A little like Saturday recalibration. What else would this pillar be dropping? All things good human being. Because when I say ecstasy, I really mean love. So, what else would this pillar be dropping? It would drop down a piece of paper. And on it written would be someone that you love. Um, but that you haven't talked to in a long time. And you would basically have to t- call that person. Mm. Make amends. Mm-hmm. Got to make amends. Yeah. Be like kind of like a, it'd be like a unique, uh, what do you call those things? Fortune cookie. Do you start <laughs> I, I think, you know, I think it'd be like, it, with that being said, I think what you're trying to get at is something along the lines of you realizing um, who you want to be. Right, you're talking to a loved one in the past, and they probably seen you at your best because they loved you. Or they see, and they know, know the qualities, can, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And you can see it again while you're talking it through with this loved one. You can see again what sh- where, who you want to be. Right, that's what you're getting at. Yeah. And once you ask yourself that, who do you want to be? Then you ask yourself, what are you doing to not allow yourself to be that person? And then you start taking the strides to figure that out. Those are like the questions that like sometimes you just forget about. Like you sometimes you just don't ask yourself because you're just going, you're just moving. Everything's happening so fast. You just got to make something happen and you forget like, oh shit, maybe I, maybe I haven't been like super happy lately because this is not who I want to be. And, uh, you gotta, and then you gotta ask yourself, then what do you want to be? You can't just follow it up with like, oh man, this is not what I want to be. Then you're just throwing just this like nonchalant pity party. So what in that package, right? It's got to have that questioning, that inner type of something. I like the idea of just a straight up fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Give me a fortune cookie. Matt, okay, Tell so here's, here's how you could like kind of go about that. You could like, you have access to like pretty much everybody's information and data. If they joined like some sort of thing, they could write down like the five people that they love or something. Right. And then you would have that. And all you'd have to do is like at different times, be like a mailing list or something and just send them like a package of stuff. Like it could be like a fortune, like it could be even customized by those loved ones. Cause the ones you have those five loved ones and you hit each other one of them up and be like, Hey, if we were to send a package to remind them about you and your guys' relationship, what would it be? 
And then you could just pick these variable times of like when to fire those off, whether it's like birthday or if just like rent, we get to choose when to, when to send it off. Mm-hmm. Kind of fucking what cool. What is this fucking black mirror? I think so, Jesus. dude. I think we just went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. No, I just, I just, I don't know. I'll just throw it out there. You just freaking spread your engineer wings. Hey, guys, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, we can just get it done like this. It'll be like this. An email list pyramid scheme and fucking get it done. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, here we go. Let's run, let's run this out. See you guys next All right. Week. All right. Where can people find you? Where can people find us? People mm. can find us uh, at the Back Pocket Podcast. On Instagram, that's where we love to be found. We also have a website, thebackpocketpodcast.com. And, you know, we're just out there trying to be relatable, trying to pitch our growth and development through how we've done it. And hopefully you can take that some stuff away. But mainly our guests come on and they have sick ass stories that I want you to take something out of. What's next? Ooh, what's next? The next is utilizing the audience that we have we have built for the past two and a half years we are finally finding fundamental ways to appreciate this audience and use it in pretty awesome ways that's what's next you're going to find some really cool usage of what we've been able to build absolutely and i know we said instagram but our instagram is a mere awareness tool and a mere value tool to bring you back to where our roots are which is rooted in a podcast so if you're listening to this that means you listen to podcasts We'd love for you to go and listen to any of our episodes just with a guest that maybe you don't know because those are ones where when I listen to someone when I don't know them, I get to, that's when I'm more tuned in because I really want to know where they're coming from. So if you're, I mean, if you're listening to this right now, we love a subscription and maybe your ears for 30 minutes. Back pocket podcast, high value podcast. You guys have the kind of conversations uh, movers and shakers in our state really need to tune into and hop on. Um, it's really a high value podcast and I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being my friends. First and foremost, thanks for coming on the show. This is really cool. Thank you for allowing me to take over your studio space that you have worked so hard on. And, uh, maybe we'll do a double release. Who knows? This shit was gold. Mm -hmm. Love you, Nick. Love you guys.